Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to day two of the Backmarkers F1 show. Winter testing, preseason Bahrain testing, live stream watch along here live on YouTube on the Backmarkers F1 show channel. It is currently 8 a.m. Eastern time over here in Ottawa, Canada. Very, very glad that you could join me along. I'm not sure how many people we have uh, joining on the stream just yet. I know it is uh, still quite early in the Eastern time zone and also uh, in Europe as well, kind of in the mid-afternoon. Um, so we're going to get to uh, all of the updates so far of what happened in the PM, or sorry, excuse me, the AM session. We are currently just over an hour into the PM session in Bahrain with a lot of interesting things to talk about so far on day two that I think um, we should find very interesting. Before we get to all that, just wanted to get some of the housekeeping stuff out of the way. Um, I would like to announce that uh, these live streams for all the way from Friday until Sunday is sponsored by the GP Box, which also sponsors our podcast. You can find some uh, exclusive discount code and links down below uh, in the description of this video and also in the description of the other videos as well. GP Box has been nice enough to provide Backmarkers F1 show viewers and subscribers with exclusive merch discounts. So check out their website. They got a lot of really cool memorabilia that uh, I think you guys will really enjoy. So check that out. Also, if you'd like to support our channel, we got the super chat messages available during this whole live stream. We are live until around 11.30 a.m. Eastern. So for a good three and a half hours. And also, if you want to uh, donate to us, any and all contributions would be very helpful. And of course, we'd be grateful for that. But it's not necessary. It's just there uh, in the description of this video in the links if you would like to do so. Um, I'm going to wait a little bit longer for uh, just a couple more people to join into the uh, chat and the live stream as well. And I'm going to announce uh, the giveaway that we're going to do um, in the next couple of days exclusive to live stream watch along viewers. Um, we're going to announce that uh, a little bit later on once we have a couple of more people up on the stream. And then we'll be able to get that out for you guys. Um, and, and it'll be exclusive to the live stream viewers and we'll make it that way. It'd be very easy to enter. So just stay tuned in the next hour or so uh, as I'll be announcing that. Okay, so now that we got uh, that stuff out of the way, let's get into uh, a little bit of a, a brief sort of wrap up just of uh, day two AM events so far. If uh, you're just waking up in the Eastern time zone, or if you're just tuning in elsewhere in the world, if you are live, if you are watching right now, just drop uh, wherever you're watching from the world in the chat, say hello. Um, I'll be taking your questions and comments all day long. Uh, I've got the chat open right in front of me, so uh, I should be able to see uh, your messages. It was very great yesterday. We had a lot of great comments and feedback, so hopefully we can continue that uh, for today. But getting to the AM session of testing, here is the lap count and the leaderboard for this morning's session. And it was much of the same kind of in terms of the top of the timesheets as it was yesterday in the AM session. It was Daniel Ricciardo of McLaren setting the fastest time with a 132.2 and also putting 52 laps on the board. And of course, the big story as well in the morning, Fernando Alonso making his official Formula One return after a good couple of years away from the sport. And like we were saying yesterday in the stream, and I think I touched on in the preseason videos as well, Fernando Alonso doesn't look like he's missed a beat uh, in his time away from Formula One because he's second place uh, so far at the moment in terms of lap times with the 132.3, very close, only a tenth behind Daniel Ricciardo, and he set 58 laps on the board, which is also good. Uh, we talked about his cycling accident yesterday, so it's good to see that physically he's able to keep up and uh, do a lot of laps in the car. He's got the whole day to himself today. Um, Esteban Ocon had it yesterday, and then they'll be splitting the drivers tomorrow. 
Further down in the field, also another uh, driver making his debut for his new team, and that's Sergio Perez for Red Bull Racing, who posted a time of a 132.4, uh, just a little bit uh, under three-tenths behind Daniel Ricciardo's best time, and he put 39 laps on the board. Fourth place, you got Williams' Nicholas Satifi, who set his time on what is the C4 tire, so that is the soft tire compound. You also have the C5, which is a prototype, softer type uh, compound. So if you see the the non-marking sidewalls, those are all prototype tires. Um, so that's uh, a, a little bit kind of uh, skewed and keep in the back of your mind that it's not necessarily representative because uh, it was set on a soft tire. But nevertheless, just to see Williams up there uh, was a good time. And he did 47 laps, which was a, a decent amount of running, which is good. And then rounding out the top five, you have Alpha Tauri's Yuki Sonoda, who posted a time of a 132.6, four tenths off the pace of Daniel Ricciardo, and put 57 laps on the board. Alpha Tauri continuing their good run of reliability and putting high lap counts on the board. Uh, behind him, Carlos Sainz in sixth. Uh, Ferrari had a, a quite a rough morning uh, in terms of performance. Driver Carlos Sainz not very happy with the balance of the car just yet, just watching Charles Leclerc early before I came on the stream as well. Not 100% happy yet with the Ferrari. So uh, Ferrari's off to, I think, a, a decent start so far in testing, but maybe necessarily not uh, at the level that they want to be just yet. And then Haas's Nikita Mazepin, who completed 74 laps, the most of any driver this morning. He's 7th place with the 133-1. And then behind him, Lewis Hamilton of Mercedes. Mercedes continuing their struggles. I'm interested to see what you guys have to think about this. Is this just uh, Mercedes kind of sandbagging like a lot of people think that they're doing? Or are some of the concerns real with Lewis Hamilton, or excuse me, with Mercedes? Uh, he had a little bit of a spin that brought out the red flag as he got his car beached. Um, but, you know, again, Mercedes doesn't seem to be very happy. Valtteri Bottas just spent over an hour almost in the garage with the the you know the fences behind the team as, as they were working out some issue I think with the floor because I think you can only have those screens set up in front of your garage if you have some issues with the floor um, and, and something that you also need to take out of the car so it's a legitimate issue so Mercedes seems like they're still struggling uh, he only completed well he only I mean 58 laps is a decent lap count much better obviously than yesterday of the six laps of Valtteri in the AM session so we'll see if Mercedes can build on that a little bit more for this PM session and try and get some meaningful running and then rounding out the final two places at the top 10, we have Antonio Giovinazzi of Alfa Romeo with a 136-0, completing 73 laps. And then the other big story of the AM session is the struggles of Aston Martin and Sebastian Vettel. He finished a 10th dead last in the AM session with a 138-8, but only completing eight laps because of some gearbox issues. So Vettel and Aston Martin, not necessarily off to the best of starts. He struggled a little bit yesterday in the car. and Just kind of had a quiet session, but still nonetheless didn't really... Uh, put any meaningful laps on the board or get any meaningful running. And, of course, Lance Stroll is now in the car for this PM session. So, again, Fettel is losing a lot of time. We talked about this yesterday with the three days only of winter testing. If you're losing valuable time in the car like Mercedes did yesterday and like Aston Martin did today, it's, uh, it's going to kind of hurt you, and especially for a driver like Sebastian who's just coming into the team. Um, and obviously needs as much time in the car as possible to get used to it. With Lance, it's a little bit easier because he's been with the team now for a good couple of seasons, so uh, so he doesn't need to get used to the car as much. He's familiar with the steering wheel and the controls, but that's something that uh, Vettel will still have to learn. So that about rounds up uh, all of the information uh, of this morning session. Of course, today we can just, uh, here, let me play this guy's this small little video for you guys here. Uh, as you can see here, I'm, I'm wearing my uh, little Mick Schumacher button uh, because Mick is in the car for this PM session. Uh, obviously, we missed him yesterday on the stream because he was driving in the morning. 
Um, and uh, again, stay tuned later on in the show because you're going to find out how you could uh, possibly win one of these nice little stylish buttons as it's a part of our uh, little prize pack giveaway that we're going to do for tomorrow. Uh, but Mick is currently out on the track. Uh, so session time right now, guys, if you're wondering, the official time, it's 2 hours, 51 minutes, 42 seconds left, 41, 40, 39. So if you guys are watching elsewhere in the world, you can kind of have an idea of uh, where I'm at exactly. So I'm watching the stream. Um, but yeah, let's just play this video right here for you guys of uh, Mick Schumacher coming out on track just a little bit earlier here from uh, Haas. So Mick will get plenty of time out in the car today as uh, he's got almost three hours to go in this car. And as you can see here, this was what I was just talking about earlier. This coming from uh, at Motorsport Extra on Twitter. Uh, Bottas finally heading out on track. He did just six laps yesterday, so he has three hours left today to do as much running as possible. Yeah, exactly. Just what I was talking about earlier. Um, that's going to be very important for Valtteri to get as many laps in as possible. At least the fact that you know Lewis did have his struggles yesterday and today in the morning, but at the very least, he's able to get a, a very good, healthy amount of laps and at least a Grand Prix's worth of running out on track. So let's just see what else is going on here in the F1 world. Currently out on track, I see two cars. The Red Bull of Sergio Perez. Alpine's Fernando Alonso out on track here. He's got the best time of 132.3, as I mentioned before. That was on the C2 uh, harder compound tire. That's the white sidewall that you'll see. Many of the teams early running the harder tire. Uh, like I mentioned, Williams was the one team that opted to go for soft. Uh, let's just see if we can find, um, not that one over there. See what the tire performance. So here you can kind of, oops, sorry about that. You can kind of get an idea here of the tires that the drivers and the teams have decided to go with. Yeah, like I said, most teams still running the hard. We might see some more as, as Bahrain moves into the evening. Uh, we might see teams try to do a little bit more of uh, some performance runs. But maybe they'll save some of those till tomorrow. So you see Nikita Mazepin has done probably the most running on the soft tire. Of course, you saw that Latifi lap as well as in there. But most of the front runners, Ricardo, Alonso, Perez, splitting the time between the medium C3 tire and the C2 hard tire, but mainly doing it on that C2 hard tire. So going for the long runs. Track conditions a lot better than yesterday at this time, roughly when we were joining the stream. Uh, of course, yesterday we had the pretty big sandstorm which obviously kind of ruined uh, some of the running there as well. Although the lap times did get faster yesterday, um, I, even though regardless of all the sand and the, and the dustiness on the track, but it's a little bit clearer for today, and I think that we might not be seeing any sandstorms for today, which is nice. Uh, it just means that the drivers will be able to get some clean running in and out of the way. Just resize that for you guys there. Hopefully... You can all see that. Yeah, if you guys are currently watching, I think we got 14 or 15 on at this morning, just a little bit past 8 o'clock in the morning. Say hello in the chat. Let us know where you're watching from. And yeah, submit any questions or anything uh, anything that you, maybe you've noticed. We're also on Twitter, guys, at TBMF1Show. You can use the hashtag BMF1Stream. Send us your questions through there. If you find anything online that's interesting that uh, I might miss it during... All the action that's going on during the stream, just send it uh, my way, and then we'll be able to try and uh, put it up on the screen here. Currently, they're showing uh, Martin Brundle down on track. I think he's by there at turn four. 
Yeah, it looks like he's by at uh, turn four. So Charles Leclerc currently in the car for Ferrari for this PM session. Going to be looking at Ferrari that definitely in this PM session because they had a they had an okay first day. I mean they they had the low power unit issues with Charles in the AM session, but uh, it's not necessarily I, I think the best start for Ferrari. Uh, I would maybe expected a little bit more from them as much as they were hyping the new car, uh, but we'll see what they can do today. I mean it's going to be important for them just to get some clean running in. But uh, compared to some actually of the, the midfield rivals that they were battling last season, I think that they're sort of down on that pecking order in terms of how they look performance-wise and reliability-wise. So I, I, I'm going to be paying attention to them pretty closely today to see what kind of performance they can bring for us. And just I uh, see first comment of the day there goes to Lee watching from Ireland. Hello to you, Lee. Thank you for tuning in this, uh, I guess, afternoon uh, for you in Ireland, this morning for us over here. Um, maybe uh, curious to know which uh, which city in Ireland. I, I think I only know really some of the the bigger cities uh, there in Ireland. But uh, very cool that uh, that you're watching all the way over there. So hopefully you enjoy the chat and are enjoying the winter testing so far. It's pretty crazy that uh, you know within a couple of hours time this is going to be finished day two, and then we only have one more session left, and we're already heading on to the first race of the season. It just seems like the other day we were finishing up in Abu Dhabi, and I mean it's funny because. It always seems like the off season is long because we all miss Formula One. But then on the other hand, it, it seems very short as well. So uh, I think that uh, it's been a very quick one today. But uh, nevertheless, it's, it's great to have you all here along. As uh, Antonio Giovinazzi is currently out on track, his fastest time of a 133.1 this morning. He'll have all of the day today in the car today. Um, as you see here from a uh, good friend of the show, Chris Medlin, who's working hard for the Racer Magazine. If you don't know Chris, check out all of his work. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at ChrisMedlinF1. So today's lineup for the PM session, of course, Valtteri Bottas in the Mercedes. Uh, Sergio Perez got the whole day for Red Bull. Lando Norris is in the McLaren this afternoon. Lance Stroll for Aston Martin. Uh, Alonso's got the whole day to himself for Alpine. As I mentioned before, Charles Leclerc is in the car for Ferrari. Pierre Gasly taking over the duties at Alpha Tauri. And uh, Antonio Giovinazzi, as I mentioned before, he's currently out on track. Just set the f uh, personal best first sector. And uh, rounding out, we got Haas, uh, Mick Schumacher in the car. And then Nicholas Latifi's got the whole day to himself as well. Thank you, Lee, from Dublin. Okay, I do know Dublin, so <laughs> uh, I, that's that's good. Good to have you along. I just wanted to show this one. I think this was from uh, just earlier, 34 minutes ago. Uh, things were getting a little bit closer. I believe this was between... Mick Schumacher and yeah that looks like the Alfa Romeo of An Antonio Giovinazzi just uh, a little bit close there Mick almost losing it getting a lot of oversteer there at the end just <laughs> we see saw we saw some of that yesterday too some drivers uh were trying some overtakes going racing and everything so yeah it was interesting currently Antonio Giovinazzi eighth place he's setting two personal best first sectors and in the sector as well just comes out of turn 15 and crosses the line. Let's see where he ends up. Fourth fastest. Two tenths off of Daniel Ricciardo's time at the 132.4. That's on the C3 tire. See, hopefully that updated here in the timing. Yes, it did. Pretty good lap there from Antonio Giovinazzi. Alfa Romeo's looked okay so far as well. If we look at the lap counts of this morning, 
Uh, Giovinazzi was able to do 73 laps, which is the second most just behind uh, Nikita Mazepin and the Haas. So at, at the very least, the Ferrari power unit, the new one is showing to be decently reliable, at least for the customer team anyway. Um, but Alfa Romeo have looked, uh, have looked solid as, as Charles Leclerc enters the pits. We just got some comments here earlier from uh, Sebastian Vettel after having a quite a frustrating day for them. He says, quote, I haven't had as much time in the car as I wanted and I have to adapt. It is not about a single aspect, but about many details that can make a big difference when combined. I hope I have a better Sunday afternoon to make up for some lost ground. And yeah, he will be sharing the duties with Lance Stroll tomorrow as many drivers, excuse me, will be splitting the time on the final day of testing tomorrow, which we will be live from uh, from nine o'clock in the morning Eastern time. Leclerc is currently just at the end of the pit lane doing a uh, practice start by the looks of it. And how great was it this morning just to see Fernando Alonso back on track? As you can see, the onboard here. <laughs> Hopefully we don't get uh, dinged for a copyright, but I just kind of want to show you guys some uh, footage in this way, at least on Twitter or on uh, Instagram, at least just to keep it uh, a little bit more visually appealing. But that Alpine looks very good uh, on, on track on the onboard. And yeah, Alonso looks to be in excellent hands. And that Alpine really doesn't look like he's missed a beat. And uh, I'm really glad to see him back in Formula One as well. He's going very, very well. Charles Leclerc just doing a lap out after his practice start. See if we got any more updates coming in. Yeah, these are just some comments from the drivers at Ferrari. Leclerc just saying that the 2021 car... Uh, gave him a pretty good impression, and he's got some promising signs. Um, but I still don't think that they're exactly where they want to be. Um, but as long as they made the step forward from, from last year, I think that's what's going to be important for them. But they haven't necessarily impressed me in the way that I thought they would after I heard about, of course, the new power unit and the upgrades to the suspension and, and the little adjustments to the nose. Um, but unfortunately, they haven't necessarily impressed me too, too much just yet. Uh, but obviously, we still got plenty of running to go. Uh, I, of course, I didn't, I didn't go through uh, the schedule for, for today, but coming on on the show at uh, 10 o'clock will be uh, my co-host uh, and who is the regular, actually, audio engineer for the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast. Uh, Shaker Barty will be coming on just to join me for an hour uh, just to uh, give his perspective on things and a uh, little bit lighten the mood. Uh, it'll be good to chat with him. Haven't seen him uh, in a little while. And then tune in, guys. Stay tuned after the show as well, 11 o'clock. Tim Haraney, former Canadian racing driver and TSN F1 analyst himself, will join us for a quick 20 to 30 minute uh, wrap up show, which if you can't join us live, I will be clipping off and uh, uploading later today just as a separate video. He's going to join us just to recap the day's events. Um, he's got the driver's eye. He's going to be looking for specific things that we might miss uh, just as casual fans or not sorry, casual fans as, as hardcore fans. But we're not the drivers, of course, so we might not necessarily pick up on certain things. So he's going to give us his perspective. Um, uh, unfortunately, he can't join us for longer, but he's got interviews with uh, some of the F1 drivers as well. So, uh, But I'm very glad that he can just join us anyway for, uh, for as little time as possible. It still makes a big difference. I love uh, listening to his expertise, and uh, he's a really great guy. So I think you guys will enjoy that a lot. Currently out on track at the moment, Pierre Gasly. So we've got... Looks like four cars on track. We got the Alpha Tauri of Pierre Gasly, the Alpha Romeo, I believe, or Antonio Giovinazzi just came out onto the track. Charles Leclerc as well. We saw Sergio Perez earlier in the Red Bull is also out on track. So we didn't really see necessarily the stampede of cars coming out 
right as the session got underway, but it's starting to pick up a little bit now Now uh, that we are, let's see, almost an hour, or excuse me, almost 20 minutes or so into the afternoon session here. So Pierre Gasly looking like he's on longer runs. He's on that harder C2 tire. Of course, not going for uh, any performance runs just yet. Good sign so far for AlphaTauri, though. They've uh, gotten through most of their running without any issues. I believe Yuki Tsunoda had some hydraulics problems yesterday, which uh, kind of limited some running. But they still did uh, a very high lap count. Uh, I'm going to see if I can just quickly pull up what the lap count was from yesterday. Um, I believe that they completed one of the higher lap counts in terms of... Let's see here for a second. So Alpha Tauri did 111 laps yesterday. So that was one, two, three, four, fifth. So fifth most amount of laps. So you had Red Bull Racing yesterday on day one, completed the most laps with 139. Alpha Romeo was second with 131. So again, pretty good for the Ferrari power unit. Um, just on that regard, Alpine third at 129, Ferrari 116, and then Alpha Tauri at 111. Of course, the big story yesterday was the fact that at the very end, <laughs> probably maybe the only time this season that we're going to see Mercedes at the very bottom of any table was uh, the fact that Mercedes only completed 48 laps of running yesterday, which of course they've already superseded today. So uh, they've already done a much, much better job heading into today than they did yesterday but i'm curious to know uh, oh we got to one more chat in here thank you very much uh miha what's up to you i hopefully uh pronounced it right if i'm seeing that correctly my screen just uh, on the chat is a little bit smaller so i can't see it as well but uh, yeah keep the chats coming if you got any questions um if you're tuning in for the first time or if you've been watching for a couple hours if there's anything uh, that stood out to you let me know in the chat and uh, we'll definitely have a discussion about it. I think uh, the chat and the stream itself will pick up a little bit more as uh, as the day goes on because still a little bit early for uh, the Eastern Time Zone here in the U or excuse me here in Canada and in the U.S. as well. Um, so we should have uh, more chats going along as well. Currently, Sergio Perez just crossing the line to I believe just start his next lap. He's currently third on the board, just two tenths behind Daniel Ricciardo, who's still got the fastest time of a one thirty-two-two. And this is the first time we're seeing Sergio Perez at Red Bull officially. Uh, of course, we saw him doing the shakedown and all the factory uh, interviews and all that. But seeing him in a Red Bull is uh, is exceptional to see, honestly. Uh, considering the fact that there were points at last year where we thought that Sergio might not even be on the grid this year. Now to see him in a Red Bull. Love his helmet, by the way. It's just awesome. Uh, but to see him in a Red Bull now and with a legitimate opportunity to consistently challenge for podiums and race victories. Uh, I'm very, very excited for him. And uh, I think that he's pretty getting pretty up to speed very quickly, actually, with that RB16B. I know that uh, Max Verstappen is able to adjust very, very well uh, and to driving very diff different forms of Red Bulls over the years, and his teammates haven't. But I think that Sergio Perez so far has done a pretty solid job being there in third place and uh, this morning was able to complete 39 laps. So hopefully he'll be able to do a little bit more laps uh, this time around. And trying to get as much running as possible for the RB16B. Oh, and so, okay, so excuse me, if you were with us uh, just earlier from the beginning of the stream, that video I showed with uh, the altercation between the Haas and the Alfa Romeo on track was actually not Mick Schumacher. It was uh, Nikita Mazepin. I was just reading it here. Um, he says, quote, I almost crashed, to be honest. 
because the wind snap was huge. It was a bit of a worrying moment, but good to try. Well, <laughs> you might not want to crash it in uh, in testing, but yeah, there was. Uh, I don't know if I still have it here. I could maybe show it again, but yeah, I was reading a lot of comments from drivers yesterday that wind, especially now in modern Formula One, it just makes the car so sensitive to drive. And of course, you had the sandstorm as well yesterday, which didn't make things any easier and uh, just made it really difficult for the drivers, especially when you go into, you know, like turn four and turn five. Uh, it gets very, very difficult, especially when you're trying to put the power down and, you know, back end just wants to step out a few if you got any crosswinds or anything like that. Um, so uh, conditions so far, though, they're still pretty good. Track running still uh, still quiet at this point. Only got uh, four cars out on track. They're currently showing Charles Leclerc at the moment, who's just coming up on uh, lapping Mick Schumacher there, who's uh, just on a cool down lap. Oh, thank you. Yeah, th I uh, I got this uh, McLaren hat a little bit earlier. Um, when when did I get it? Or no, I got it uh, when whenever they did the official launch of their merchandise, um, because I didn't even realize at the time that I was a McLaren Plus member, because I kept getting the emails from them. But uh, yeah, I was I think I was working on a video very late at night. I think it was one or two o'clock in the morning. And then I saw it pop up in my email that, oh, the McLaren merch is live and, and you're able to get, I think it's like 5 or 10% off, which is, it's not too bad. But, um, it, they're, they're still pretty pricey though, the hats. I think this was cost around, in Canadian dollars, I think it came around to, to 60 Canadian dollars, something like that. So um, if you're in Europe, maybe try and do that conversion. But they're pretty pricey. But I got to be honest with you, with this McLaren hat, um, I don't know if you guys can, uh, how well you can see it. Maybe you can't see it that well, um, but I can honestly say that this one is, is probably worth the, the money because the, the stitching is, is quite impressive. Uh, you know, of course, you got Ricardo's logo uh, in there as well, but the quality is very good. Like it's not you can tell that it's not cheaply made um, and that they put a little bit of effort into it and a little bit of quality into it as well. Um, even the lettering and stuff, it's not stitched on. I'm not exactly sure like what type of material it is, but it sort of stands out so that you can feel it. Um, so I really like it, and and, uh, and I would say that uh, it, it's probably worth the money if you're looking for merch. I know F1 merchandise is always <laughs> really expensive, and I usually limit my purchases just to hats because they're kind of sort of in that mid-range of stuff that I could afford. Um, I set aside money this year because last year, uh, it's kind of a tradition of mine that every year when I go to the Canadian Grand Prix, I try and get uh, at least one uh, hat from a team, and I, and I try to collect all teams. Um, and last year, of course, I wasn't able to go to the Canadian Grand Prix. So I said, okay, this year I'm getting two hats. So I got this one. And then uh, I'm also getting the Aston Martin one, which sold out almost immediately. So I think they're sending it out later this month. Um, so that's uh, that's as much uh, F1 merchandise as I'm going to get. Uh, oops, sorry about that. Uh, that's as much F1 merchandise as I'll probably get for this year because the, the prices of some of their jackets and everything is just absolutely insane, like $600 or whatever for that uh, you know, the three piece jacket or whatever it is, is just, it, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I would agree. It is high quality. I mean, it's not like it's some of the stuff. Sometimes, um, you kind of look at it and you're like, well, okay, is this worth money? But I know that those jackets are very high quality, but still it's like, okay, you know, $600. I'm not so sure about that. Um, and I just got, oh, that's very weird. I just got signed out of my, uh, F1 TV here. Just give me a second here. Yeah, that was very strange. I was just watching it and then it just all of a sudden logs me out. 
If you guys uh, are trying, I'm not sure if you guys are watching the testing as long, but we got a bunch of cars out on track. Um, but yeah, if you're not watching or if you don't have a link, let me know in the chat and I can drop the link that I did yesterday into the chat um, to a link to a Sky Sports F1 stream. And at the very least, you guys can also fo follow along the action if you're not able to actually watch the stream. So there we have the Mercedes W12 currently out on track and Valtteri Bottas. He's going to go for probably a, a trying to get a longer run in here today. More cars out on track now. Looks like we've got about seven or eight cars now out on track. So Valtteri just getting a getting in a, a warm-up lap here as he goes. This will be interesting to see what uh, the, the pace of Mercedes is like <coughs> Excuse me, on the C2 tire in comparison, for example, to Sergio Perez on the Red Bull. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep you updated on that. I've also got uh, Instagram open here um, using the hashtag F1 testing just to see if we got any kind of trackside footage or anything like that that we might be able to show you guys. Yeah, as I mentioned before, really big fan of Sergio Perez's helmet. I really like the way it looks. Miha says that uh, I just bought F1 TV Pro yesterday. Yeah, I, uh, I bought it uh, a couple days ago as well. Um, because before I was subscribed just to whatever the standard version was, um, because in Canada, you weren't able to subscribe to the pro version to be able to watch these events live. You could only watch certain things on demand. Um, but now they've extended it, thankfully, to Canada. So I just decided, you know what, we're doing these streams. And also as well, I'm kind of uh, cutting the cord with cable. So uh, this is a good way to be able to watch F1 during the season and be able to watch it live and then on demand. So um, yeah, I, I think they did a lot of improvements to their services uh, this year. I know a lot of people were complaining in the past couple of years of reliability issues on that front with their stream. But uh, so far, so good in the two days that I'm using it. Uh, as Valtteri Bottas is currently setting a personal best in the first sector as he rounds turn 11 going into 12. Let's see his sector 2 split. 1.2 seconds behind Daniel Ricciardo's lap time. So I think that... Mercedes are on a longer run here with more fuel. Bottas coming to the penultimate corner, or the, excuse me, the final corner, turn 15, solid exit, not using much of the curb there. As he goes out in the run to finish his lap, best lap of a 133.5 on the C2 tire. That's good for 11th place. 275 kilometers an hour in the speed trap. So, Valtteri is going to get on his way. Looks like he's going for another cool-down lap. Very interesting to see here. I, I'm, I'm curious. Um, just yeah, just reading your comment here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks because you like uh, my comments more. Appreciate that very much. I was, you know, it's funny. I was watching, uh, just listening to the audio of the stream. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan of, uh, I think it's Will Buxton who was on, on commentary. Uh, wasn't that much of a fan of on him. I think it's Alex uh, Jacques, who's the play-by-play -play guy who I like, who uh, I, I tuned into a couple of times last season on the Pit Lane channel. Um, but uh, yeah, I very much appreciate that if you say that uh, you enjoy our comments more. That's great to hear. Um, and no, I did not use the 25% off coupon because I, I unfortunately didn't see it uh, in time when I was doing uh, my checkout. So uh, I think I ended up paying, it's like $9.99 a month uh, Canadian something around those lines. I didn't want to go for the yearly just in case if I wanted to cancel for whatever reason or if, of course, there's problems with uh, with the streaming itself. I don't want to pay for the whole year. 
Um, so yeah, it did that. So just an update here from Chris Medlin. Uh, 9 out of 10 cars out on track right now. So only Antonio Giovinazzi currently in the pits. Norris also just back in the, picks, uh, the pits as well. Lance Stroll also currently out on track for the first time in this PM session for Aston Martin Racing. Hopefully they got their gearbo gearbox issues fixed. Mercedes say that it's not related to the works Mercedes team's issues yesterday. But I definitely still think that it's interesting that it is a Mercedes power unit that is suffering um, some of the bigger issues here so far during the two days of winter testing. As Lance Stroll will come across the line. Let's see if he can improve on his position of 12th. And no, stays where he is. Personal best in the second and third sector for a 133.6 for Lance Stroll. Just make sure that they're updating the timing here for you guys. Looks like it is all up to date and accurate. So Stroll will be on his way. I still haven't seen any drivers come out yet on the softer tire. Um, I've seen, I think, only a few on the C3, which is the medium. But I've yet to see anybody so far in this PM session come out on that softer tire. I think we might save those runs for uh, for a little bit later on as we get more into uh, sort of the evening session as uh Nightfall is about to sort of come online there for uh, Bahrain. Oh, and here we go. We got Nicholas Latifi out on track. Little Canadian content out there. If there are any Canadian viewers so far joining us on the stream this morning. What do you guys think of that Williams uh, livery? How does it look on track? I think it looks a little bit better on track than it did in the renders, if I'm being honest. But uh, yeah, I'm still not necessarily the biggest fan uh, of it from certain angles. I think that from the side, I like it more than I do, for example, uh, head-on when I look at it. Um, but it's it's certainly unique from that perspective. But uh, yeah, currently Latifi out on track on the C3 tire. His lap time this morning that gave him the best of a fifth place, only three-tenths behind Daniel Ricciardo, that was set on the softer C4 tire. So just keep that in mind. Of course, this is what we always talk about when we refer to lap times and testing and that they're not very important. You look at a, the lap time of Latifi and say, oh, wow, fifth place, that's great. But, of course, he did it on the soft tire. And then we don't know what the fuel loads are as well. Um, and then there's a whole lot of other factors as well. What kind of energy recovery settings are they running? Are they running uh, more of aggressive engine braking uh, to try and get more performance out of the power unit? Uh, these are things that we don't know. So lap times are a little bit harder. And we're only really going to know once we get into uh, essentially the first qualifying session of the season. I'm just checking out. Let's see what video we got here from uh, McLaren on their Instagram. Just Lando Norris having a stack trackside. Pretty good place to uh, have lunch. Look, look at that. He's dropping debris all over the track. That's captivating stuff, guys. I'm bringing you the hard-hitting journalistic evidence here of Lando Norris, I think, eating fries. I'm not sure what. Uh, trackside. So, yeah, that's very interesting. It was cool seeing this picture yesterday, too, as well, um, of uh, all the cars lined up there. Carlos Sainz and his new helmet. No need to ask. He's oh, don't want to play the music there. Don't want to... Uh, 
get the copyright stream off. What do you guys think of uh, Mick Schumacher's helmet? I think he's got uh, a really, really nice helmet. Of course, running the 47, the 4. I believe the story is that um, he had uh, 4 was, I think, the number of his car when he won his first championship, and then obviously 7 uh, because of his uh, father's championship. So, yeah, I really like Mick Schumacher's helmet. Welcome to some of the new viewers here. I see more uh, chats coming in. Excellent. Keep them coming. Uh, Mike Brown says, Mercedes are sandbagging heavy. They don't have reliability problems. Yeah, I, I think I saw another comment as well yesterday that was like, uh, you know, Mercedes punctured one of their sandbags yesterday, and that's why we had so much uh, sand out on track. Um, I, I don't know if you're, if, if you're making that as a joke or, or if you're being serious. I don't think that they are sandbagging. Uh, if they have issues, I think the problem with Mercedes is the fact, and, and they've referenced this as well. I think actually it was Bottas who made this comment yesterday after the test, that one of the problems that they had was they didn't do any shakedown before the season, which they usually do, and a lot of the other teams did. Uh, McLaren went out in Silverstone, so did Alpine. Aston Martin ran their car. I mean, mostly every team ran their car in some form of shakedown, even though it's very limited. But what the shakedown can do is at least get the power unit fired up go through the cycles, go through all the motions, and then you can spot some of these issues and possibly find a fix for them in the factory before you head out to testing or a Grand Prix weekend as uh, Alpine's Fernando Alonso just comes out on track. So Mercedes weren't able to do that, and they had this gearbox issue that was totally unexpected according to Toto Wolff, uh, whether you believe him or not. Um, so that that's, the that's I think, the problem with Mercedes. Now, do I think that this means that they're done and, and that they're not going to be champions? You know, of course not. I think that we've seen in many years before where they've struggled. They struggled in preseason testing in 2014, um, and obviously that went very well for them. But uh, I think a lot of people also struggled that year uh, in preseason testing as well. Now, yesterday was the least amount of laps Mercedes had done in preseason testing on day one since that 2014 test. So... At the very least, we can look at it as a little bit optimistic in terms of, okay, they might have some issues not worked out yet that maybe as we get into the early races in the season, Red Bull might be able to capitalize on. But the problem is, is that Red Bull isn't known to be a very good, you know, front runner or necessary not front runner, but they're not very well known to be a very good starter. You know, they always come on strong at the end of the year, but last couple of seasons, they haven't started the year well. So, um, Signs are good so far for Red Bull, but can they translate that when we get into the race weekends? I don't know. But I don't think Mercedes are necessarily sandbagging that they got stuff to hide because that's the problem with this season is that no matter what the issues are, you need to get out on track and run as much as possible. And they also have to make all the correlations between the new uh, adjustments that they made to the car this year and, and what they did in the wind tunnel and also the CFD numbers. So they want to get out on track so they can correlate all that. Because we've seen in previous years teams who haven't been able to run a lot during winter testing. I remember back to, remember back to McLaren in 2018. Um, they weren't able to find out that they had some chassis and aerodynamic flaws until about the second, third race in the year. Which, uh, of course, testing would help you find out. And so that's why you need as much running as possible. And, you know, only three days really isn't much, guys. I mean, we're almost, uh, you know, an hour into this session in the PM session. And then this one will be done. And then only one more to go. So... Uh, I feel bad for Valtteri, to be honest with you, because he's going to have the least amount of time in the car, only doing six laps yesterday. And then he's going to be, you know, not able to do as much today and obviously splitting time tomorrow on Sunday on the final day. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I saw a very funny comment earlier on Twitter, which was something like, you know, Mercedes's car could be on fire every single weekend or something like that. And on fire, I mean, literally. 
and you know people would, would still think that they're going to win the championship and rightfully so they've won it the last seven years in a row so I'm not buying it for a second that they're not going to be fighting for the world championship or anything like that I still think they're very much the favorites nonetheless though I think it is interesting uh, that they are having the problems So let's do another track update. Lance Stroll currently also out on track for Aston Martin. 24 laps in counting for that beautiful AMR 21. They are currently showing Lando Norris out on track. He's currently on the screen at the moment. Looks like he's just doing a charge lap um, as the ERS harvesting lights are on as he heads down into turn 10. Haven't seen as many drivers lock up going into turn 10 uh today as we did yesterday so that's good seems like they found uh more of a balance with the braking as looks like that is the mercedes yes valtteri bottas just passes norris looks like bottas is on a flying lap i'll tell you what i am impressed by alpine their second in most laps completed today of course alonso with the second best time as well um alpine haven't made many large adjustments of course they have made that adjustment to uh, the airbox which i want to see if i can find i know tim haraney posted this yesterday and uh, if you guys were with us yesterday uh excuse me for re or sh showing this again or repeating it but let's see if i can find it uh so those were all the mercedes pictures maybe you could see it from this picture as well you can just see how massive that airbox is and on the engine cover as well on that alpine um, it's really, really massive. And in some other pictures, too, it looks even more uh, more so defined than this one. So, yeah, it's pretty unique about the Alpine. Uh, but very, very good start to them so far. I, I like the pace that they're showing. They're showing a lot of reliability as well. Of course, they're the only team powered by, uh, by themselves, really, by Renault Power. Um, let's see if that's going to change within the next couple of years. But it makes it a little bit easier for them not having to supply any customer teams and not have to deal with any of those issues as well. And let's have a look at the MCL35M going out onto the track. I still have to get used to the sound of uh, a McLaren engine, uh, or excuse me, the Mercedes engine in the McLaren again. And I see some comments, uh, Mick Schumacher uh, in, in the chat there. He's currently out on track setting personal bests in the Sector 1 and Sector 2 as he crosses the line, moves up to 7th place, 6 tenths off of the pace of Daniel Ricciardo in 1st with a 132.8 for the young Mick Schumacher. I've got my, uh, I don't know if you guys can see it, my Mick Schumacher button on. Um, we'll maybe give it a little, uh, couple more minutes, and then we'll announce uh, some of the details of the giveaway that we're going to be announcing today and tomorrow as well for the final day of the stream. The giveaway is exclusive to you guys, the stream uh, viewers and the members. It's just a way of uh, us saying thank you to those of you. I recognize some of the names from yesterday as well who have been tuning in uh, throughout the weekend. So we're going to send that out. And uh, it's going to be very easy to uh, to apply. Uh, you know, all you're going to have to do is just post comment into uh, the video, into this video or tomorrow's video as well for extra entries. Um, so we'll give it another couple of minutes, let more more people join on to the uh, stream, and then uh, we'll announce that as well. The prizes are really, really cool, so I'm excited to show you guys them. Uh, Garrett Murphy asks, uh, what tires? It looks like that last lap was on the C4, the soft tire. Yes, it was on the C4 as they are showing the replays right now. So yeah, I think maybe a higher fuel load uh, in the car there, Garrett. Uh, if he is uh, maybe 
maybe, maybe not. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Obviously, I'm, I'm speculating here. It's, it's difficult to tell. But, uh, yeah, he's the C4. I think that's the first driver I've seen in this PM so session so far on the C4 tire. Let's see. Oh, not that one. Just go to my timing tab here. That's lap chart. Oops, sorry, guys, here. Yeah, it looks like he was the only one so far that's gone out on that softer compound tire. Lando Norris is currently on the C3. He's going on a flying lap. Let's just pay attention to this lap if you guys are watching and see what he can do. The place, the pace of that McLaren Mercedes looking very good so far early in testing. McLaren, if you had to choose your winners and losers so far in winter testing, I would definitely put him into that winner's bracket. Personal best in the first sector, but he's down six tenths to his teammate Ricardo. As he heads down into turn eight and then coming up to nine. And then this is the tricky turn 10 always, guys, as you're having to brake while you're turning in. Let's see if he locks up. No, looks like it's very clean. Nice rotation into turn 10. Good exit as he gets out, heading down into turn 11. No DRS. Oh, no, there it is. DRS open. A lot more horsepower this year. In the back with that Mercedes power unit. This lap looking nice and steady and clean here for Lando Norris as he rounds turn 12, going into 13. Yeah, two seconds off the pace there of Ricardo, so it looks like he's going more for longer run. A little bit wide there on the exit of 14. That's going to compromise him a little bit heading down on this long straight down to the final corner. Don't want to get too wide out here. We saw, for example, Jack Aitken last year in the Secure Grand Prix run wide and lose a front wing. Very clean on the exit as Norris crosses the line. Moves himself up into 13th place, 2.4 seconds off his teammate. Best lap time of a 134.6. We got a uh, latest comment asking, what happened to the 18-inch tires? I believe they're scheduled to come in next year with the new uh, regulations. Um, I believe it is 2022. I think, uh, I don't know if I can find this for you guys here. Let's see. I know Ferrari was doing some testing with 18-inch 18 18-inch 18 rims earlier in the season. Just uh, bear with me, guys, for a second. I'm going to try and scroll through. Um, I, I don't know if Pirelli posted any official pictures. Yes, here it is. So our 2022 uh, F1-inch tire development test at uh, the Circuit de Jerez finished today with 125 laps completed by Carlos Sainz for Ferrari on slick, intermediate, and wet tires. So this was on February 24, 2021. So that is the answer to your question. It is going to be coming for next season in 2022. Excuse me, 2022. Um, and they kind of posted a couple of the pictures here. You can see what they somewhat are going to look like. And that was Carlos Sainz only doing it in uh, sort of wet conditions. So interesting. What, what do you guys think of, of the look of that 18-inch rim or 18-inch tire? Um, definitely looks much more different than what they do now. But I think that they're going to look pretty good. I, I think, um, I don't know if they're still doing sort of the covers on the on the cars. I remember the very first renders of the 2022 or the new spec Formula 1 cars had some of those engine, or not engine covers, excuse me. They had the, the tire covers on them, and I found them to be very strange looking. So I don't know if that's still going to be like that for the new cars. 
Um, but there you go anyway. That's what the what they're going to look like. So science has already done 125 laps on those tires a couple weeks ago. Um, so yeah, that's uh, the question there. So let's see if we got anything else going on here. Oh, here we go. We got a little flyby here. Perfect timing, actually. We got Checo Perez out on track at the moment. Let's see. Let's see and hear what that Honda PU sounds like as it flies by. Oh, I wish they would have made the video a little bit longer than that. But, anyways, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep trying to find uh, some of these trackside video guy or videos for you guys. Of course, if you don't know, we're not allowed to show any of the testing footage uh, on YouTube because uh, obviously we don't have the rights to them. Uh, but at the very least, I want to browse through Twitter and Instagram and try and show you guys at least some trackside footage that's shot um, by some of the social media teams or just uh, by any personnel around the track, at least uh, to keep things interesting that way. As uh, Sergio Perez comes into the box, looks like Red Bull practicing a pit stop here. I don't know if he'll come out. No, it looks like he will be staying in the garage. Red Bull, obviously one of the best teams when it comes to pit stops. Um, that, that's been one thing that they've actually significantly done better than Mercedes in the last couple of seasons, believe it or not. Um, as Lando Norris continues out on track, coming up uh, almost an hour complete so far into this PM session, session two on day two. I hope you guys are enjoying the stream and enjoying the testing. I'm having a very good time along with you guys early on in this morning. As Lando Norris completes, let's see where, yeah, he's in uh, turn, just come out of the, of the final corner, turn 15, to cross the line. He set a personal best in the second sector. Yeah, going for longer runs here on the C3 tire. That was a 134.4. Uh, just following up on some of your comments here, guys. Uh, why did they ban the dual-axis steering from Mercedes? Uh, I can't remember exactly what the reason was, but I remember, obviously, at the time, it was really this time... Well, it wasn't this time last year, but it was at the same testing sessions where Mercedes debuted their dual axis steering, which was a big surprise to everybody. Um, but I know that there was a lot of sort of uh, confusion and sort of complication in terms of, okay, is it part of the suspension? Is it part of the steering? Um, they eventually found it to be legal. But I think that one of the reasons why was also with uh, the carryover cars and the new regulations coming in that they didn't want uh, teams, you know, investing and in spending more money on doing something like that i think that might have been one of the other reasons but i'm not sure what else was but it, that was something actually that sort of later on in the season we didn't talk about as much but i think the dual axis steering system of mercedes the das i think really gave them a massive advantage during safety car restarts uh, i'm trying to remember if you remember back to a race like nurburgring for example the german grand prix anytime that hamilton or any of the mercedes were out front and the safety car was uh, was leading them out front, and you know the Red Bull, the Max Verstappen would be behind. Mercedes always got the jump on the Red Bull and comfortably, uh, you know, got out in front after a safety car restart. And I think that had a lot to do with that dual axis steering system, being able to manipulate the toe and just provide more heat into the front tires. I think gave them a huge advantage in that race. Um, you know, for example, the safety car restarts in Sakir as well, and in a bunch of other races that I'm just forgetting off the top of my head. So, yeah, I'm surprised. We haven't seen anything crazy from Mercedes just yet. Obviously, they're still working out a lot of issues, but uh, there's still plenty of time for them to try and debut something. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, hold on to your hats, folks, because they might uh, reveal something special. I know that they've made adjustments to the floor. Um, a couple of uh, F1 analysts have been speculating that they've spent their tokens 
on the monocoque uh, of the car, but uh, it hasn't been confirmed yet by Mercedes, so we'll see what they say. Uh, currently, Pierre Gasly seems like he's on a quicker lap at the moment, just stuck behind the Williams of Nicholas Latifi, so that will hurt his lap. It looks like Latifi's also on a flying lap, um, so he's not getting out of the way of Gasly. Excuse me, and yeah, the comment there from Miha as well. It says uh, Williams is also good in pit stops. Yes, they are very, very good. I think they're usually right behind Red Bull, sometimes ahead of Red Bull as well. Uh, but Williams are an excellent pit stop crew. Uh, I remember a couple years back when, uh, I believe it was 2017, when Guy Martin was uh, sort of a, a guest, I, I guess you call him a guest, uh, pit stop crew member. They actually let him do pit stops in a real race. And I remember watching his series on YouTube about that. And uh, they're very professional in, in the way that they do their pit stops and the way that they train as well. Um, so, so they're a very impressive uh, group of guys as well. As uh, Latifi's out on the C2 tire, He's going on for uh, what seems like to be a longer run. See, when you look at the onboards like that, the car looks fairly decent. You got the Ferrari of Charles Leclerc just pulling over ahead. Gasly is lapping very close in behind the Williams, but it doesn't look like he's trying to overtake. I'm not sure if maybe uh, Alpha Tauri and Gasly just trying to get a look into what it's like following a car this year. I know, obviously, it's still going to be quite difficult. We're not going to see any significant changes to... Uh, the ease of following cars until the new regulations next season. Um, but yeah, he's following very, very closely behind the Williams of Latifi. As we got more viewers coming in, thank you very much for joining us today. Coming up on two hours and six minutes left to go in this day two PM session. Coming up later in the show... At the top of the hour at 10 o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning a.m. Eastern Time, Shaker from the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast. You guys might know him. He's also uh, a co-host and also our audio engineer will join us uh, remotely. And then uh, at 11 a.m., once testing has concluded, uh, TSN's Tim Haraney, former Canadian racing driver himself, will join us for a quick post-wrap-up show uh, just going over the day's events and what has caught his eye as a driver. I'm very interested to get his thoughts on uh, what he's been looking out for as I think uh, he's been able to explain to us uh, just a couple of the things that we might not be able to pick up on as it looks almost like uh, Gasly and Latifi here are having uh, their own little race in a, in a way. But Latifi continues ahead. If you guys haven't seen our video, uh, we were lucky enough to be invited to the Williams FW43B uh, virtual press conference launch uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was able to ask Nicholas uh, a question um, you know he was talking earlier in the press conference about how as a young driver and as a driver himself there are things that he's going to improve upon in this season mainly in particular he's referenced obviously his one lap pace which was an area uh, that he struggled in last season of course very difficult when he's going up against a, a teammate like George Russell um, in race pace he was actually very strong and I know that that flew under the radar at times, of course, because of Williams's pace and the headlines made by his very uh, young and talented superstar teammate. But I think he had a very solid season. And anyways, I just was able to ask him how, how basically, how does an F1 driver practice driving? Because if you look at other sports, for example, whether you're a football fan or a basketball fan or hockey, whatever, if you're in the offseason, if you can't compete, you can go to a, a local pitch or you can go to a local court or an arena and you can practice. You can grab your football or you can grab uh, a hockey stick and your skates and you can do drills to practice. You might not be able to, if, for example, practice scrimmaging or gameplay, but you can actually practice the, the skills and the talents that you need in order to play your sport. 
But in Formula One, you can't just jump into an F1 car at any time that you want. So I was very curious always. I was just like, well, how do these guys actually practice something? Like, for example, like Latifi was mentioning that he struggles in, oh, as uh, Pierre Gasly just sent one up on the inside of Latifi to get the overtake done. So it looks like he's done uh, messing around behind the Williams and gets past him so that he'll get on the way. And yeah, so I was just very curious, you know, how, how does somebody like that practice those specific things, whether it be improving your braking or improving your one lap pace. And, you know, essentially you just said it came down to more time in the car during the season, but also the fact that the simulator is the biggest help that they have nowadays. Um, he said he uses a little bit of data as well, but that the simulator really is the biggest and the main thing that F1 drivers are using nowadays. And of course, simulators uh, at Formula One teams are you know, massively expensive and also very, very sophisticated. So they're, they're pretty much almost, I'm going to say exactly the same, but very, very close to the performance of the real F1 car. So yeah, anyways, it was very interesting to be able to talk to him. So uh, check that video out. It's, uh, we posted it recently, so you'll be able to, you'll be able to find it um, in the video section of our channel. Yeah, so just following up there on the on the comment there about why they banned the DAS steering. Yeah, so I think it was to lower spending of teams so other teams with less money can stay competitive. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that was one of the main reasons is why because a lot of teams at that time were looking at possibly copying that. Um, I know we heard this season that it technically only would take them two days to copy something on the arrival team's car. So I think they wanted to limit the spending with the budget coming in. And obviously the whole shutdowns of last year was really costly to a lot of the teams. So, uh, yeah, I think that was uh, why they did it. Very interesting innovation, though. Very, I remember being on uh, the F1 Words uh, live stream last year and, uh, you know, coming onto the live stream. And, and I had no idea that they debuted this in the AM session. And I joined on for the PM session. And they're talking about, you know, a steering rack that's movable and changing the toe. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I, I knew right then at that point the championship was over. So, uh, yeah, good for Mercedes, though. Those guys are, are quite the geniuses. Most of F1 drivers start in karting, right? Yep, yep, that's right. I, I don't think that there's really been any drivers who have started in anything else, to be honest with you. Um, I know Latifi, like, for example, Latifi started karting pretty late, actually. I think he was, like, I want to say, like, 11 or 12 years old, maybe. Um, or, or maybe something along, along those lines. But he started late. A lot of these drivers start when they're four years old, five years old, for example. But uh, he started pretty late. But, yeah, most drivers will start um, in some form of karting. I think a lot of them maybe will start, you know, doing push carts or something like that, and then they progress. But nowadays, you know, there's so much more available to them um, that I think that that's, that's definitely the way to go. And then you build up from there. Um, you know, somebody like Max Verstappen, for example, he – I mean, when he, when he made his debut for Formula 1 in 2015, I think he was only, what, like three or four years removed from his karting days, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, yeah, most drivers definitely starting in karting. I don't really think that you can go to, to the next step in motorsport. I don't, I'm not even sure if, if you're trying to go into open wheel racing, for example, I don't think you'd be able to start in like an F4 or like a Formula Ford series, for example. You'd need to start um, at, at some smaller level doing, doing karts. Um, I don't know if there's anything um, out there that's maybe a little bit smaller or anything like that that you could do. Um, but yeah. I definitely think that uh, it's definitely the best way to go for, for young kids uh, as well. And then they progressively build and build into faster cars and higher speeds and everything like that, and they get used to it for sure.
So Pierre Gasly currently doing seven laps on this uh, medium stint on the C3 tire, a 136.7. Shreeding a comment here. Not everyone is out there literally going for the best time. Some are literally sandbagging their cars, not showing their pace, I think. And uh, sorry, I couldn't see that last word there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that necessarily sandbagging on purpose in terms of not showing i don't think that any team has necessarily showed their true pace for example um you know so far i haven't seen too many performance runs in terms of like qualifying sims or anything like that um but yeah definitely i think that a lot of them are still trying to to just work out the the car yeah and and, and you're right about that that the times really aren't that important um, what I'm looking for really is just, and I, and I mentioned this off the top of yesterday's stream too, is which teams can run the smoothest, you know, which teams can get out there the most, get the most running done, uh, make sure that all the correlation with the aerodynamic changes and the chassis changes are all correlating with what they've done in the factory so far. And yeah, I mean, when we look at who those teams are, the team that we got on screen right now, Alpha Tauri have done really well. Uh, McLaren have done exceptionally well with no, no real issues. Alpine as well. Another team that has impressed me. Um, you know, following up on, on the latest comment here that's saying Ocon is definitely a championship contender because he was second in the afternoon session. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, you can't look into the time that way. Um, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's definitely going to be a championship contender this year anyway. Um, but I don't think that uh, Alpine are necessarily going to be in the fight there for third or necessarily for the championship either this year. Um, but anyways, I, th I still think that Alpine has done a really good job so far. I don't think Alonso is currently out on the track at the moment. Um, I think he has not been out for a good couple of minutes so far. So far, I can see Pierre Gasly's out on track. Uh, Nicholas Latifi still lapping behind him. And it looks like we might have the Alfa Romeo of Antonio Giovinazzi out on track at the moment. And Lance Stroll as well has just come out of the pits. He's going around turn four at the moment. Yeah, Pierre Gast is going on for a longer stint on this tire. I think this is his eight or ninth lap on the C3, the medium. And they're currently showing Yuki Sonoda on the screen. This will be a good session as well to see uh, how Yuki and Pierre Gasly will match up. I'm trying to see which, uh, which lap time was the best from Sonoda this morning. 132.6 from Sonoda this morning. I think, let's see where Pierre Gasly ended up. Yeah, Gasly much farther down here. So again, yeah, different programs could be different fuel loads. All right, just going to refresh Twitter here. Let's see if anything else that we got going. What do you guys think of uh, Lance Stroll's helmet? I know, uh, of course, Fettel went with the pink with the BWT sponsorship deal, and uh, he's going on as a, a brand ambassador with the team. But I think that they have a really, really nice helmet here for Lance Stroll. I like the, the material. I don't know exactly what material or paint scheme that he used, but I just like the way how it's nice and shiny, uh, matches the car very well. I think it's a great, great helmet um, for Lance, so I, I really do enjoy it. Nice little touch with the Canadian flag, too, on the top. Um, you can't see it from that angle there, but you're uh, able to see it from the top angles on the onboard as well. Uh, much similar to uh, Nicholas Latifi's helmet like he has here. Very similar to the crash helmet that he was racing in in 2020. <laughs> G 
got the comment from Mia that Sarah that all the commentators were doing were uh, talking about Max. I don't think I've actually talked about Max uh, really very much uh, so far in these two days of stream, which is quite surprising because um, we, we usually do a lot of videos on Max, and we are uh, Max Verstappen fans. And I know we have a lot of Dutch fans as well uh, that tuned into our usual uh, Backmarkers F1 show podcast. So, yeah, uh, we haven't talked too much about Verstappen. He was certainly playing down uh, sort of the, the good day from Red Bull yesterday, which uh, is obviously to be expected. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he had a very solid day. Nothing really that stood out other than the fact that he got uh, a really solid amount of laps in and, of course, had the best time, uh, which, again, isn't really that relevant. But they didn't have any issues, which is good for them. And hopefully they'll be able to uh, run through all their programs that they've got scheduled. Sergio Perez doing well so far. Uh, not any issues or anything like that to report um, from the uh, Red Bull garage. And Lance Stroll just goes seventh fastest, six tenths behind Daniel Ricciardo's best lap time. Nobody has since uh, beaten Daniel Ricciardo's time of a 132.2 since that AM session. Oh, okay. You were talking about last year. Oh, commentator. Oh, so you're watching. Are you watching in uh, Slovenia then? I didn't know uh, that they had uh, the commentators uh, in different areas as well. I know like uh, Sky Italy has their own and, and Sky Germany and everything like that. But I'm usually watching just the uh, UK Sky Sports stream. And uh, it's usually like I, I enjoy listening to Martin Brundle. I know some people uh, kind of have a love-hate relationship with David Croft, which I don't mind him. Um, I think sometimes he's like uh, he's really on the ball and he's good, and then there are other times where it sometimes he feels like uh, he's kind of falling asleep and he's missing sort of some of the action. And we got uh, let's just play this video here, let you guys listen to the W12 heading out onto the track. <laughs> That Mercedes power unit just always sounds so, so aggressive. Um, I was watching the onboard of, uh, of Vettel yesterday, what they posted on YouTube afterwards, and especially under braking, and, and when he's kind of off throttle, you really, really, really are able to hear just that nice growl of that Mercedes power unit, which I, which I really like. Crofty loses his notes. Yeah, he does. He definitely does sometimes, that's for sure. Yeah, I just feel like sometimes um, there, there are certain points in like the races where comparison to like the pit lane channel, for example, he has like uh, there'll be action going on in the track that you think, you know, normally a commentator would get really excited for, but it almost feels like he's not even watching. He's watching something completely different or he's missing it. So I, I don't know. Um, obviously, uh, you know, I've done a lot of commentary gigs in my life for different sports, so I can understand sort of the pressure of the you know, environment of a live commentary session. So it, it's, it's different. I won't rag on him too much for that, but yeah, some, sometimes his little corny jokes too, uh, can get a little bit old, but anyways, uh, what, well, you know, I, I like Crofty. We talked to him a couple of years ago at the launch, uh, of racing point at the time in 2019. If you are watching, um, that, that, uh, it's on our channel. It's posted on the homepage of our channel in a separate playlist. Uh, Tyler McDonald did that interview with David Croft, which was a really fun and, uh, and good entertaining interview, if you're interested to check that out. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi, we were talking earlier about some performance runs. He's just set the fastest first sector going purple in sector one. He is on the C4 tire. So, uh, yeah, it looks like he might get the fastest time of the day here. Oh, it looks like somebody just went quicker in the first sector because 
His purple sector just changed to a green. He is purple in the second sector. Four-tenths up on Daniel Ricciardo. Lando Norris quickly, currently going quicker, though, than Antonio Giovinazzi and his teammate Daniel Ricciardo, also on the C4 tire. Giovinazzi just rounding turn number 15 here. Gets a good exit out of the final corner. Let's see where he crosses the line. Will most likely go P1. And he does. He goes six-tenths quicker than Daniel Ricciardo. But that is on the softest tire, the C4, with a 131.5. Lando Norris already two-tenths up on Giovinazzi's time in the second sector. Ooh, runs a little bit wide there on turn 14. That's the second time now that he's done that when we're watching him here on his flying lap. So I think he'll lose just a little bit of time there. Let's see. I think he'll still go quicker, though, than Giovinazzi. As he crosses the line, might pick up slightly a bit of a toe from the Alpine. And yes, he does. He goes quicker. Two-tenths up on Antonio Giovinazzi with a 131.2. So we were expecting some of the more performance runs to start happening now that we move into the uh, the dusk and, and the evening session in Bahrain. And, and yeah, that's exciting. We're finally seeing it now. Uh, Sergio Perez currently out on the screen uh, talking with Jonathan Wheatley there. I think uh, Red Bull might be getting out uh, earlier or later on and doing some of their performance runs as well. But very interesting again, guys. The action is starting to pick up a little bit now. Uh, McLaren again. Lando Norris able to best the time of his teammate in the PM session. Um, I think a little bit also of that has to do with the change of conditions. We saw lap times get quicker yesterday in the PM session, even regardless of all the sand. So, uh, yeah, very interesting as well. But a good time there for Antonio Giovinazzi. Again, keep in mind all the caveats we mentioned earlier about the fuel levels and, and engine mapping settings and all that. But uh, nonetheless, we got a McLaren first, Alfa Romeo second, another McLaren third, Alpine in fourth, and a Red Bull to round that to top five. If that would be the championship, I'd take it. But uh, uh, I think it's going to change definitely when we come back here uh, in a couple weeks' time for Bahrain. Thank you guys very much for all the all the nice comments that uh, you guys were talking about the commentary on TV. Yeah, yeah, I know it's uh it, it's definitely it, it's difficult. You know, it, it's not uh, an easy job. Um, I mean, you know, in a way, it is an easy job because if you're passionate about it and if you're informed about the topic. Um, it, it's a simple and it's an easy job. It, you know, for me talking about formula one just comes second nature because I love it so much and it's a passion of mine, but it definitely is difficult to, to try and stay informed and to try and provide the viewers with uh, the best information possible. And also most important to try and not be biased, which I, I hope that sometimes, uh, I know the, the bias sometimes come through when we record our podcast, for example, but uh, I try and be as unbiased as possible because uh, that, that's what we're here to do. And I know that listening to sort of biased commentary is, is not very fun. As uh, Bottas is out on the C2, uh, lapping personal best in sector one and two. But uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, you know, fit for everybody, of course. Uh, there's a lot of qualities that you need to have. But yeah, I was listening into to the F1 TV commentators just before and yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the greatest, um, but it's difficult for them, right? Because they have to necessarily cover, you know, almost eight hours of commentary between the two. So I know they've got uh, Alex Jack uh, in there as well. Jolia Palmer's joining on in the streams. Uh, Martin Brundle, I think Ted Kravitz is in there as well. So, yeah, um, but uh, glad that you you're enjoying this commentary as well. Uh, if you're tuning into it and that's why we're doing it. Uh, if you don't like their comments, then you could turn on this one. And uh, it's, uh, it's I think, uh, a lot more fun this way as uh, they're just showing a replay of uh, Valtteri's latest lap. Looks pretty tidy. No mistakes or anything like that. 
Oh, good question here. We got uh, Perez World Champ, question mark. I mean, you can never rule it out, right? He's definitely in uh, one of the right cars in order to achieve something like that. Um, the big question will come down to whether the performance of Red Bull is at a championship level this year, and, and that will most likely come against Mercedes uh, as Nicholas Latifi is just coming out of the car. Uh, but I, I think he's definitely capable of, of possibly challenging for the world championship. I don't think it will happen this year uh, because I still believe that Mercedes are the favorites. And I still believe that un until I see their performance level dropping race to race, um, I'm going to go with them as, as my pick to be a champion and, and Lewis Hamilton. But, uh, you know, certainly I think that Sergio Perez is one of the best drivers uh, that we have on the grid at the moment. And I'm just curious to see, because we know how talented he is and what he's been able to show us in the midfield car. I'm really interested now to see, okay, he's in a top-tier car and he's going up against a top-tier world championship quality driver. So let's see how he's able to handle it. As I mentioned earlier, he seems like he's adapting really well to the RB16B. Um, you know, we've currently he's got the fifth best time. A healthy amount of laps on the board so hopefully we'll see him out soon to doing some performance runs so maybe we can kind of compare him and uh, and the lap times with uh, Max Verstappen although again they're not representative but still I think he's adjusted pretty well so far to life at Red Bull I, and you could just tell like just looking at the pictures of him and his comments from around the paddock as they're just showing him on the screen right now he's just so happy to be at this team he's so happy to still be in Formula One still have a job and I think that's the best thing about him being at Red Bull now, because imagine if we would have lost a driver with the caliber of Sergio Perez and, you know, he'd be watching this. Maybe he'd be watching the Backmarkers F1 show stream uh, somewhere on his couch in Mexico, uh, you know, with no no race seat or anything like that. So uh, very, very happy that that he's found himself a, a nice little home here at Red Bull. And I think that, yeah, we could be seeing him uh, maybe even win a couple of races this season, but let's give him some time. So, guys, before I forget, um, we are just passing now less than two hours to go in the session. I I, pass, I missed the top of the hour announcement, but I'm going to do it now anyways. Um, I'm just going to see if I can pull this up here because I had... Yeah, okay, so I will have it here. So, as I mentioned off the top of the show, we will be doing a giveaway uh, opportunity today and tomorrow. So, the viewers, this is exclusive to Backmarkers F1 Show stream viewers of the testing on day two and day three. So before I announce the prize, the entry, the contest rules, they are very, very simple. When this video is uh, processed and complete, so we should be finished the stream around 11.30 a.m. Eastern time, so in a couple of hours' time. Um, I think the, the video gets processed right away and it's public, so you should be able to comment on it. If not, just check back within a half an hour, an hour time. So what you need to do is just go down into the comment section of this video or tomorrow's video if you want extra entries. And I want you guys just to comment your top three championship picks. So comment from one to three who you think will be finishing in the championship order. So whether you think it's going to be Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez, or Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez, comment what your top three championship driver predictions are, and that will count as one entry into the contest. Again, if you want to have multiple entries, you can comment on today's video and then Sunday's day three live stream as well. And then once that the live streams are done, I'm going to take all those names. Hopefully, they're not you know thousands of names or it's going to take me a while, but that's fine. Uh, I'm going to throw them into a randomizer, and then uh, we're going to pick one random name, and then uh, I will reach out to you in the contact of the comment section to try and get out uh, your prize to you. So what we have as a prize giveaway is some really cool stuff, guys. I'm going to pull it up here. Um, I just sent this to uh, my co-host, Shaker. 
So what we're going to be giving away, we're going to give away a Kimi Raikkonen coffee mug, as you can see in the middle here. I just quickly threw this graphic together yesterday. I don't know if you guys can see this. Hopefully you can see it. Um, I threw it together quickly yesterday just because uh, I almost forgot about it and I didn't have time. So we're going to give away a Kimi Raikkonen mug. We're going to give away one Mick Schumacher coaster along with another Sebastian Vettel coaster and one Sebastian Vettel sticker. So that's going to be the prize pack for the live stream winter testing giveaway. They're really, really cool. I think I just got an email this morning that the coasters have arrived. Um, so hopefully when I go home today, I'll be able to check the mailbox. And if I do get them today, I'll bring them in tomorrow and show them to you guys. Um, I can show you quickly what some of those coasters look like because I ordered some last year. And guys, they are really, really top quality. They're very cool. They look like this. Uh, this is the old... Uh, or let me see if I can make sure I see it on camera here. This is a Daniel Ricardo Renault coaster from last season. I also have one of Carlos Sainz, which I'm currently using for my mug right now. This is the Carlos Sainz one of McLaren. They are very, very cool. I'm, also, I'm starting the process of collecting one from every driver. Um, so we're going to send that out in a little prize pack. And we're also going to throw in, I mentioned earlier, the Mick Schumacher button that I'm wearing right now. Also going to throw in this little Max Verstappen button, the number 33 of the Honda. It's, of course, the last year spec because it still has the Aston Martin sponsorship on it. But that's okay. I don't know if people still collect buttons or anything like that. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to start to collect them as well and maybe uh, bring that trend back. So we're going to post that into the comment section after this video, just so you know. But to enter the contest giveaway, remember, once this video is done and it's processed, head into the comment section. Give us your top three championship picks in the driver standings from one to three. And then that will count as an entry into the giveaway. And then after the, the winter testing is over, we'll throw the names into the hat next week. We'll pick a winner and then we'll reach out to you guys in the comments section by replying uh, to your entry. And then we'll get your contact info wherever you are in the world. Doesn't matter. Uh, hopefully you're not too, too remote where uh, UPS can't reach you, but uh, we'll get it out to you guys. And, and that's just a little bit of a thank you. Um, I don't know how many viewers out there are regular subscribers to uh, our channel, whether you watch the podcast or you watch some of the other feature videos that we do. Uh, just a thank you to all the support that we've got in the last couple of years. Uh, very nice to see uh, our subscribers go up and our viewers go up. And, you know, we, we've been able to generate a little bit more revenue on our videos, which is very nice because it allows us to do these types of things. And if we keep going at this rate, we'll be able to do uh, more giveaways like this, uh, maybe on a monthly or every month or so uh, on a basis like that. And uh, I just want to say thank you to you guys. And I think that this is one way that I can do that along with putting out more content. So uh, thank you very much, everybody, for, for, for all the support. And uh, hopefully we can continue with the momentum that we got. Uh, yes. Uh, am I, are we going to any races this season? Great question. Uh, hopefully, yes, but I think that's all dependent on uh, whatever rules they're going to come out with and whether they're even going to allow fans at the race. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the Canadian Grand Prix is on the calendar. That's a, it, it was a tradition of mine to go to that race uh, every year, and really, it's the highlight of my year usually. Um, you know, I, I get a hotel out there in Montreal. I usually go actually with my sister. Um, it's kind of a little tradition that we've had uh, running in the past couple of years. Um, you know, she enjoys watching Formula One. We used to watch it uh, as a family when we were kids. So, you know, we usually would go with her and we'd get a hotel um, and we'd stay there in Montreal for the whole weekend and just enjoy the great weekend that is uh, Formula One. So I'm really hoping that uh, I could get back to that. Although, honestly, I highly doubt that uh, we'll be able to go this season. 
Um, but, you know, hopefully I'm wrong. But if, if we can go, we'll definitely be there at the track and we'll try and bring you guys as many videos from there as possible. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we'll be able to get any media passes or anything like that to the Canadian Grand Prix just yet. Um, but we're going to try and do some cool things for the Canadian Grand Prix. I mentioned yesterday about the possibility, the very small possibility of possibly getting uh, an interview with the man that's currently out on track at the moment, Mick Schumacher, as uh, I mentioned yesterday in the stream, that um, the Haas communications director or one of the members of the Haas communications team is a Canadian gentleman by the name of Stuart. He was very nice, uh, very friendly with helping me uh, get set up with a media login. And he said that uh, to reach out to him again near the Canadian Grand Prix as he might be able to help us uh, get some sort of a, a media invite or, or some sort of interview with Mick Schumacher, which would just be absolutely incredible. So fingers crossed for that. Um, I'm not making any promises, obviously, because that's still a long ways away. And uh, we know how very busy these teams are. So, uh, But just wanted to put that out there, that that could be something, if we don't go to the race, that we might be able to give you guys instead, which I think would almost be even better. Um, yeah, Canadian Grand Prix is pretty nice. Oh, okay, you're thinking Austria-Hungary? Yeah, I, I, absolutely, I would agree. I think, um, you know, before all this stuff started and, and you know, travel looks even less likely nowadays with uh, whatever, you know, regulations and implementations they're going to put in. Um, but I definitely, Austria was actually, we were, as a family, we were possibly planning on a Europe trip um, and possibly going actually to the Austrian Grand Prix because I think the Styrian area over there is so beautiful. It's just absolutely amazing. Austria is a gorgeous country. Um, and like I said, Europe is so nice and accessible that you could just drive from one country to the next. Uh, you know, my parents uh, used to go to the Hungarian Grand Prix all the time. So that was another one that I'd, I'd really like to go to. Um, yeah, the, there's a bunch of tracks that I'd love to. I'd love to visit all of them pretty much one day. But definitely the European ones like Silverstone, Belgium, Spa, those ones I'd like to go to one day for sure. Um, but probably not going to happen anytime soon. But uh, that, that would be the dream, right, is uh, to try and grow this channel as much as possible to try and even make this as a accredited media organization. And then that way uh, I could travel to races and, and, you know, do work as a journalist or as a commentator, whatever it is, and be able to bring you guys, you know, reports live from the track or maybe interviews with drivers. That would be the ultimate goal of all this. And, and hopefully maybe one day we can get to that point. But for now, we, uh, we work with what we have and, and it's going pretty well so far. Um, as we're coming up on an hour and 37 minutes left in this PM session, you guys can kind of start to see the uh, lights turn on and the evening night falling over the secure circuit. Mick Schumacher is currently out on track. Giovinazzi, actually, I just missed that, just recently went over the 100 lap mark for the day. Um, excuse me, he is in second place at the moment, uh, just behind Lando Norris in the McLaren and splitting the two McLaren Mercedeses. Sergio Perez is back out on track on the C2 hard tire. Yeah, sorry, Antonio. I saw your comment earlier there. I was just about to get to it. Uh, he asks, what do you think about Fernando Alonso's performance so far? And do you think he can be the top five in the points at the end of the season? I think Alonso's done a very good job so far. Uh, you know, Obviously, I missed the AM session, but I just quickly uh, jumped on just to read some of the comments. And... Yeah, he's been doing a very good job. Obviously, he's got the fourth fastest time, which is good. But more or less what sort of impressed me is when I look at the numbers of the AM session, the fact that he was able to complete 58 laps uh, just tells me that physically he's doing well. Um, you know, the, the titanium plates that he has in his jaw doesn't seem to be much of an effect for him and that he's healthy and that he's able to drive. I'm honestly maybe, well, actually, I don't think I'm that surprised, but 
he's up to the pace very quickly. And I think that that, yes, he's been away from Formula One for a couple years, but it's not like he hasn't been racing. He's been racing at an elite level in the World Endurance Championship, in the IndyCar uh, ovals, obviously doing Indy 500. So you can't necessarily say that he's just sat around doing nothing. He's been doing quite a lot, actually, racing in some of the most prestigious events in the world. So I'm not so surprised, actually, that he's been able to adjust that quickly. And do I think that he'll finish in the top five in points at the end of the season? I think absolutely. I think he can. Um, when we look at a, a potential top five, we could see, okay, the two Mercedes, let's say, and then we put the two Red Bulls. I think that absolutely Fernando Alonso has the chance to slot into that top five. It's going to be close. We haven't seen too much yet from Aston Martin in terms of uh, what kind of pace that they can bring. They've been running some issues so far, which, again, that's uh, more positive for if you're an Alpine fan. Uh, but I think that if Alpine, if the reliability of the Renault is good, and I think that if they've made uh, some good gains on the car and that their new sort of uh, bigger air intake design that they've got going works for them, I definitely see Alonso there finishing in the top five. Um, I, I, at the very least, hope that he'll be able to mix it up with those guys in the midfield because that's the thing I miss the most about seeing Alonso at McLaren, which is not being able to fight sort of at the front. So it'd be very nice to see him try and steal a podium this year. So, yeah, I think uh, absolutely uh, I'm very much looking forward to Fernando this season. As Sergio Perez is out on the C2 tire, currently setting a personal best in Sector 1, as he's just rounding out Turn 11 now, heading into 12 and 13. This is the one area of the track where we can kind of see more of the effects of the new regulations in terms of the trim of downforce. This is more of a power-sensitive circuit. Obviously, when you look at the big straight that Perez is currently on, heading down into the final corner and then the main straight as well. So there's not very many high downforce corners that we can kind of see relative lap times and compare them to last season. But I think that these teams will make up the downforce pretty quickly as let's just see what lap times. Okay, so Perez goes third fastest with a time of a 131.9 on the C2 tire. So splitting um, or just going ahead there of Daniel Ricardo there. So a pretty solid lap there from Perez on the hardest compound of tire. We haven't really seen many teams run the prototype today, which I guess is to be expected. They got all that prototype running out of the way on the first day. And uh, Giovinazzi again out on track on the C4. And yeah, will Williams get a point? Yeah, I actually do think that they will get a point. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they got a couple points. I think as we talked about yesterday, I think Haas is most likely the one uh, that's going to suffer the most in terms of performance. They've already announced the fact that they're not going to develop the car. Um, and the fact that, <coughs> excuse me, the fact that they're really just going to put the focus on 2022. And Williams is already talking about essentially having an upgrade package uh, that they're going to be debuting here and at the first race as well. And the fact that they're going to develop the car. So, yeah, I absolutely believe that they're going to be able to at least get a couple points this season. And uh, I think maybe from both drivers as well, because both drivers are very strong um, in terms of their race pace. So I think that's uh, good, good signs ahead for Williams. I mentioned this yesterday that when I was uh, tuning into the virtual press conference uh, that we were at, they were very, very positive in terms of what they were they were looking out for in pace, um, in terms of sponsorship, the funding that they're getting from Doralton Capital. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Williams because they're showing us a lot, a lot of positive signs, which is really great to see. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited what uh, what Williams can do this year. Uh, just trying to uh, let's see if we got any. Any social media updates for you guys here? I'm just uh, currently on Alpine's F1 Instagram account here. You got some shots of Fernando Alonso back in the car. 
his helmet design very much uh, sort of the same as it uh, was in his days of uh, the Renault R25 days. <laughs> Guys, we're also on Instagram as well, at TBMF1Show, if you want to follow us there. We don't post as often as we do to Twitter, for example. Now, this shot is really great right here. I'm going to see if I can replay this for you guys. You can just really get a sense of just how skinny and lean the front noses there of the Alpine that's been sort of the Mercedes staple of the last couple seasons and one that a lot of the teams have adapted to even in this year with the carryover cars Alfa Romeo and Alfa Tauri making the changes so uh, yeah that's been a very popular uh, format so far in the past couple seasons with the aerodynamic regulations George and the Mercedes next year, how are the odds? Uh, that's a very good question as well. Um, I think the odds, probably maybe at this point you'd say 50-50 because we're not sure what's going to happen with Lewis Hamilton. But here's the other thing too is I think that the other driver that's obviously in the hot seat right now is, of course, Valtteri Bottas. And he's got the contract that's, ex that's expiring as well. He hasn't talked with uh, the team yet on any renegotiations. But I think that honestly, that they might put George in the car with Lewis. I know that there were some rumors that uh, Lewis put that in his contract, that he had the choice of uh, which teammate he'd have, which, I mean, I don't know if it's true, but I guess would be sort of a normal thing for a world championship to do or for a world champion to do. But I could also see Lewis and George at Mercedes. But uh, I definitely think that if Lewis were to retire, or for example, I don't see him going to any other team. Uh, but if he gets his eighth championship and says, okay, I'm done, you know, let's move on to something else then yeah, I think uh, George Russell for sure would be would be getting that Mercedes seat. Um, but if not, let's say the next year or two, there's going to be no seats available at Mercedes and Mercedes decide to not bring on George Russell. You know, don't also rule out that he could probably try and build something at Williams. I know that uh, it doesn't look very promising right now at the moment, but I think that Williams' worst days are behind them. And they are one of the most successful teams in Formula One history. So we got the rule changes. They've got the funding now from Doralton. They've moved on from the sort of uh, Williams family and the, the independent ways that, if we're being honest, kind of held them back in the last decade or so. As great as Frank Williams and his family has been to the sport and what they've been able to do with that team is quite remarkable when you look at the origins of Williams. But I think that that just didn't correlate to modern formula one and the expenses and everything like that so i think williams is currently heading in the right direction and yeah who knows if russell can't get that opportunity at mercedes possibly he could build something at williams but um i, I definitely think that if mercedes do make a change in the driver lineup in 2022 whether that be a lewis hamilton retiring or not re-signing uh valtteri i think uh bringing on george russell would absolutely be the right decision to make big question also is will mercedes be the same you know, big powerhouse when the rule changes come. I'm going to go out on the limb and say yes, because uh, just of how incredible that team is, uh, the, the members of that team, uh, the technical staff, managerial staff, everybody, I think that they'll deal with the regulations well. But anytime we see a big regulation change, we always have the opportunity for a team to try and at the very least, uh, you know, destabilize the pecking order. So that would be interesting to see uh, what happens there. As uh, Lance Stroll comes through, it just moves himself up into seventh place with the 132.6. He's currently out on the C3 tire. 
So coming up on uh, just a little bit less than a half an hour until the top of the hour when we'll be uh, bringing on Shaker for the last hour of testing before we bring on Tim Haraney for our wrap-up show as Pierre Gasly just goes fourth fastest. I saw somebody was in their comments saying, uh, what do you think of Sonoda? Yeah, I think that Sonoda is a, a very highly rated junior um, and also very talented as well. And uh, he's doing a good job so far early on um, in the test session in the morning and then yesterday as well. Uh, very highly rated from Red Bull. Uh, you know, obviously he had a really fast run to Formula One. You know, the one year of Formula Two, um, Japanese F4 champion. And honestly, did a very good job last year as well. When you look at his, the start of his F2 season till the end, uh, he did a very, very good job kind of proving to Red Bull that he deserved the seat in F1. And he needed to do that really because he needed that third place for the super license. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how he goes up against Pierre Gasly because I think Gasly's on fire at the moment. He's one of the, the most improved drivers on the grid. And I'm, I'm interested to see whether he can keep up with that. Um, but from everything I'm hearing from the team, uh, they rate him very, very highly. So um, definitely I can tell why they decided to make the change uh, and go with Sonoda instead of uh, Danny Kafiat. All right, here we got another trackside video here, which is nice. Wonder, let's see, hopefully you guys can see that. Not as fun when they slow down. I like to have the sound there. Yeah, that Honda power unit just sounds amazing uh, on the downshifts. I'm not exactly sure. I think it was the Haas that was in front there of Pierre Gasly. <laughs> Antonio asked, who's a driver on the grid that you dislike? I think I was asked this question yesterday. Um, I think I'll give the same answer to say, I don't know. I don't really think there's a driver that I dislike. Uh... At the moment, to be honest with you, it might change throughout the season, but I'm kind of like neutral with with every driver, essentially. Um, I know uh, Shaker, who's, who's going to come on in a little bit, uh, is not a fan of uh, Esteban Ocon after uh, what happened at the Brazilian Grand Prix a couple years ago with Max. But uh, yeah, I don't think I, I would say uh, there's a driver that I dislike um, really for, for any reason. As they're showing currently Fernando Alonso in the pits. Trying to just see how many cars we got out on track at the moment. Lance Stroll currently 8th place. 1.3 seconds off the gap on that C3 medium compound tire. Let's see. Let's try and do a tire update here. So we've seen a lot more drivers go out on the C4, that soft tire. Oops, didn't mean to open that. On the C4 tire, as we kind of expected, as we go a little bit later into this session, track conditions obviously always changing now. You can see the floodlights are on. Not 100% darkness just yet, but we're, we're going to get there probably within a half an hour to 45 minute time. Yeah, Antonio says, I think Mazepin is going to underperform a lot this season. Yeah, I mean, there's a driver I don't really know too much about. Obviously, he was uh, very much in the headlines during the preseason. Um, but, you know, I, I don't uh, – I, I said this, I think, yesterday that it's a tough position for Haas to be in because, obviously, they went with the driver who 
can bring them the most funding as we've seen other teams do in the past couple of seasons. Um, you know, I'm going to give him a, a, a couple of races and a half a season to see what he can do. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, obviously, I think that when you look at Mick Schumacher, the fact that he was the F2 champion, I don't think Mazepin had the same results uh, in F2 that would necessarily warrant uh, a Formula One seat. But nevertheless, let's see what he can do. I think that he'll have a lot of growing to do um, in the car, obviously outside of the car as well. Uh, and there's a lot of adjustments that he's going to need to make in, in order to have some success in Formula One. It's going to be difficult to tell, though, really, at Haas this season because of the fact that they're not really going to develop the car this year and the car is most likely going to be the slowest on the grid. So it might be kind of difficult to see what sort of progressions either Schumacher or Mazepin will do this season uh, because of the fact that Haas might be the slowest on the grid. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what they can do as <clears throat> Lance Stroll just crosses the line again. Continuing on a longer run here on that C3 tire. Mick Schumacher has got 40 laps and counting so far in this PM session. Haas are saying that he's currently going out on a race sim, so pay attention to that. Fernando Alonso also back out on track. I believe he's on the C2 tire. Yes. No, sorry. Excuse me. He is on the C3 medium tire is Fernando. So let's let's see what kind of lap times he'll be able to do. I'm not sure if Alpine has posted any update if he's going out on a qualifying run or not. Yeah, you think Schumacher and uh, Russell will have a lot of action on the track? Yeah, they, they definitely can be. Um, I'm, I'm curious whether Williams have made a, a, enough of a step forward where they'll, they'll maybe be racing more of the likes of a, an Alfa Romeo or maybe even like let's say one of the the back end midfield teams like Alpha Tauri was uh, the past couple of years, um, but yeah, I think that that will be sort of the battle between uh, Williams and Alfa Romeo, just trying to, you know, battle for the ninth and eighth places in the World Championship. But it would be a pretty cool battle to see. So I'm curious to see what uh, what type of pace Alonso is going to bring here on this lap. His lap time will kind of give us a good indication as to whether it's going to be uh, a qualifying type run or more of a, a longer run with higher fuel loads. Yeah, looks like he's going for uh, more of a race sim, uh, higher fuel load run as he's 2.2 uh, seconds off in that first sector off of Lando Norris's best time. Norris still with the best time of a 131.2. So Alonso heads down into turn 10. Very nice and tidy. The Alpines looking very well put together, honestly. You know, haven't, haven't seen it stable at the rear end. Um, doesn't look like it's understeering too much into those slow speed corners. So everything looking pretty, pretty good so far at Alpine. Looking fairly promising as well. So that's good news uh, for the French outfit. Good news if you're an uh, Alonso or an Alpine fan. Yeah, much farther off the pace there. So he's definitely going for uh, a much uh, shorter of a run there. As he rounds out, going into the final corner, turn 15. Oh, we got some uh, debris on track here as well. That's interesting. Don't know where that came from, but I believe that's just, yeah, just before turn one there, almost at the beginning of the pit lane exit. Yeah, it's difficult to tell if, if that came from the uh, kind of the, the pit boards or something like that. Let's see here. 
Oh, no. Looks. Oh, wow. Look at that. So that looks like, yeah, Sergio Perez was trying an overtake on Nicholas Latifi and I guess just miscalculated the speed of Latifi and eventually I think took off the end plate of his front wing. They're showing the slow-mo replay now, but I believe that was front wing debris that came off of the RB16B of Sergio Perez. Wow, that's very strange. And yeah, Alonso just kind of weaving to get out, out of the way, but yeah, that's definitely front wing uh, debris. Yeah, Latifi's trying to go around it. I wonder if he's got any damage. And it looks like they're going to bring out a virtual safety car or red flag it. Yeah, they're going to red flag the session. Yeah, I think that was uh, the smart thing to do. Let's see if anybody's got uh, a shot of that at all. I don't think so. Oh, very, very interesting then. Uh a lot of, uh, I guess, drama there happening on this session as we were just kind of getting into a good flow of uh, drivers doing their laps and getting in some quicker lap times. And then uh, out of nowhere, uh, just a very bizarre incident. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that that's very, very strange. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to definitely take some time to uh, clean up. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, a little bit of excitement there. It's just very strange how he misjudged that, you know, it just did not uh did not end up very well. Yeah, they're showing the replay again here, but man, that was uh that was a pretty bad pretty bad misjudgment there from uh from Sergio Perez. Hmm, very interesting. Well, actually, on that front then, guys, uh, maybe I'll take this opportunity for uh, just go to a quick break. Um, I'll just uh, go back to uh, top up my coffee, take a bathroom break, and uh, we'll connect with Shaker to try and get him on the line. So uh, we'll be away for about a couple minutes. Uh, so stick with us. Uh, grab yourselves a drink, a refreshment, and uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes, hopefully by the time the session is restarted.
back live sorry for that little delay there guys i was uh, hoping i could make it through uh, a good couple hours of the stream without a uh, bathroom break but it didn't happen today but that's all right back now underway the red flag the incident has been cleared and it is mick schumacher out on track for Haas. with an hour and 12 left in the session oops sorry sorry guys i'm just going to change uh the timer there it does this thing where um, once I go to a different scene, it doesn't carry over the time. So I will then have to just recalibrate it just for a second. So Schumacher, 1.6 seconds off the pace. He set his best time on that C4 soft tire. And it looks like... Currently showing him as the only car out on track at the moment, but that might not be correct. So we got, yeah, so Gasly's doing an outlap as well, and Alonso and Latifi just coming out on the track at the moment too. Okay, should have this sorted out in just a second. And Giovinazzi's going for another flyer lap. Yeah, he just sets the fastest time, three-tenths quicker than Lando Norris's time. That is, again, on the C4 tire, so... 
Alfa Romeo showing, showing some decent uh, one-lap pace around here, which is nice. So very good job there from Antonio Giovinazzi on Alfa Romeo. Yeah, Giovinazzi definitely the fastest at the moment. And he's doing very well. Very, very well for Alfa Romeo so far here in this PM session, but the entire day as well. Gasly also out on the C4 softest tire. Seventh one thousandth of a second down on Giovinazzi's best time, but he did set the fastest or yeah the fastest second sector going purple with a 35-1 in sector two. Let's see if he can claw back any of that performance out on the exit of turn 15. Oh, excuse me. Crosses the line. Let's see where he ends up. Yes, and Gasly goes quickest. By a couple hundreds of a second. Very, very close. Yeah, so now is the interesting time, guys. People tuning in now to the stream. Seems like the teams are going out more for the performance runs, putting on the harder compound, or excuse me, the softer compound tires, and uh, just trying to stretch their legs a little bit there and then show some of that one-lap pace. Oh, and we got Nicholas Latifi. Looks like he spun off track. It looks like at the exit of turn one. Yeah, I'm not sure if he spun. It looks like he spun possibly going into the entry of turn one. He's out on the hard tire. I'm sure we're going to get a replay of it here. So you had the Ferrari. Ooh, that was very strange. It's almost like uh, somebody just pulled the handbrake on the car there. Yeah, it looks like he was lo he locked up the left front a little bit there, but also the rears. But yeah, that's a very strange spin. Almost, uh, it almost caught Charles Leclerc, just an innocent bystander coming out of the pit lane. He was a little bit lucky there, actually. Yeah, they're showing it now from the angle of uh, of Leclerc, and it's just a spinning Williams as he comes out of the pit lane, just trying to mind his own business. Yeah, very, very kind of strange incident there. All right, let's see what else is going on around in the social media world. Sergio Perez still in the pits. It looks like uh, the Red Bull team are just trying to get some. <laughs> yeah, this is the I, I talked to you guys about this yesterday. The uh, F1 portrayed by Top Gear uh, Twitter page. Sergio Perez's car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's got some damage, it looks like, on the underfloor as well. Um, I want to see maybe if I could find a replay of that somewhere on social media. But that was a very, very strange incident. Yeah, you can kind of see it here in the photos. If you're just tuning in and miss Sergio Perez and Nicholas TV had uh, a little bit of contact heading down the main straight into turn one. Sergio Perez coming off worse for rare. As uh, he did damage, looks like damaged some of the floor of the car, the front wing as well. Top Gear for elderly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That I just that that account is just so funny. They always post very very good, uh, timely tweets. I don't know how quickly uh, they get everything, but it's just uh, it's always good. Oh yeah, so Perez lost. Wow, I didn't even see that. I don't know if you guys saw that. They lost mo uh, Perez lost a large portion of uh, of the bodywork there on the side of the car. 
I wonder, I, I'd like to see it again if that came through the contact or not, or, or if something was loose beforehand. But yeah, very interesting. But as we go back to uh, the on-track action, currently Charles Leclerc lapping green sectors in one and two. Sparking away as he runs very wide at the exit of turn 15. Going to lose a little bit of time there. But goes fifth fastest with a 132.009. And he set that on the C3 medium tire. Uh, Bottas in the Mercedes as well. Much cleaner exit out of 15. He's got green sectors in one and two. I think he should be improving upon his lap time. Goes fourth fastest, just ahead of Charles Leclerc there. Still five tenths down on Pierre Gasly's best lap time, which was set on the C4 tire. So just keep that in mind. I think Leclerc probably would have improved even more so had he not run so wide on the exit there of turn 15. So we got that in there. Wow, thank you very much for that uh, super chat. Magic Skates, hopefully uh, I pronounced that uh, name right, who sends 1399 and says, Glad I found your channel yesterday. Thank you very much. Very much appreciate uh, you being here in the live stream. And, and, of course, very much appreciate the super chat, uh, which is available, guys, if uh, you'd like to support the channel. Um, you can do so and, uh, you know, send a message or, or a question or comment that highlight it. I know I try to get to everybody anyways, but um, that way uh, I can see it very clearly. So thank you very much to you, uh, Magic uh, Skates. Appreciate that very much. They were, <laughs> yeah, they were hiding parts of the car yesterday and they revealed inside today. Yeah, they absolutely did. I think they were keen to uh, showcase the new Honda power unit to the world. So they were just like, all right, let's just uh, remove the covers and let everybody see it. Of course, Honda running that uh, twin turbo style power unit similar to that of Mercedes. And I think one that uh, Ferrari will be adapting to for next season. Um, so, yeah, very, they wanted to show it off as well. But I, I don't even know how I didn't see that or um, maybe it just wasn't obvious enough on the replay. But I was like, yeah, just like half the, the body works missing almost. Just more cooling. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do need it in Bahrain. Usually when we go testing that uh, this time in uh, Barcelona, we need some some warmers. But yeah, the cooling is definitely uh, something. I want to see what the actual uh, track temperatures are. So air temperature, 20.9 degrees Celsius currently in Bahrain. And uh, track temp's actually quite cool, 25.8 degrees Celsius. I think yesterday around this time, it was around 29, 30 degrees uh, track temp. So being around 25.8, it is a little bit cooler uh, than it was yesterday. Lance Stroll crossing the line again. He's on the C3 medium tire. Improves a little bit on his time. He goes ninth fastest with a 132.4. Uh, lost a little bit of time there in sector one and was not able to get the most out of his lap there in the AMR 21. A little bit quieter on the track today as we got about six cars out on track as well. Oh, and thank you very much for the super chat there, Mia, uh, saying, yeah, not much, but still helps. Absolutely. I mean, every little bit helps, um, and, and it all goes back into the channel, whether it's, uh, you know, for the editing software or whether it's for equipment or, 
updating the website, the domains, all that type of stuff. So very much appreciated, guys. And I mean, I think if you guys maybe saw my post in the last couple of days about some of the changes that YouTube is bringing, uh, you know, now they're uh, putting tax on uh, U.S. viewership as well, which is really going to hurt the creators because it just takes away more of that revenue that uh, whether, you know, small or large creators are working for. So uh, YouTube is kind of making it a little bit harder and harder for uh, for small creators to try and make somewhat of a living off of, of doing this video. So, you know, support directly from the viewers is, is much appreciated. And honestly, sometimes is the best because it comes directly from you guys and there's no middleman. And, uh, and we can cut kind of YouTube out of it, which is the nice way to go. So thank you very much uh, for, for your guys' contributions. Very much appreciated. Uh, Valtteri Bottas still out on track. And or just for coffee, for a great coffee. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I got a little bit uh, of a refill here uh, for my coffee. Just enough to, to keep me going, which is great. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, that'll be good. And Shaker should be coming on in a couple minutes time. I, uh, I might just have to uh, jump on over to Zoom just to loop him in. But uh, yeah, that, uh, that should be a good finish to the last hour here of this session. Yeah, Magic Skates, YouTube seems to be burying itself. Yeah, they absolutely are, uh, in, in my opinion. And, and actually, maybe this would be a good time. I didn't mention this off the top, but uh, this maybe would be a good time with more people in the stream. If you guys also notice just in the middle uh, of the, uh, the stream under the follow us bracket, you can check out uh, us on alternative platforms. For example, in that first link, uh, which is called Odyssey. If you've never heard of Odyssey before, it's an alternative to YouTube, which is much better. It's very creator-friendly. Uh, there's no censorship. Uh, there's no copyright infringement, that type of stuff that sometimes you know YouTube unfairly plays around with. And uh, the, the staff over there is incredibly helpful. Uh, they've done a great job and have grown a lot um, from you know just in December, really. I think when they launched, I think they're around 20 million users now. No ads there over there as well. And actually, if you're a fan of uh, cryptocurrencies, which uh, personally I don't know too much about, and I'm just still uh, trying to uh, learn more about it, but you can actually earn uh, a little bit of cryptocurrency just by viewing videos, by uploading videos. And it's a really a platform that just rewards the creators and, uh, and the content creators, the viewers as well. And I really like it uh, as, a, as of another video platform. They're working on an Android app. I believe they just recently launched an iOS app. So if you're new to it, please check out our Odyssey channel and uh, learn more about the those alternative platforms to YouTube because eventually we can all go over there to something that's uh, more friendly to the viewers and the content creators as well. And uh, yeah, so hopefully that will keep growing more and more as, uh, as the years go on. But I just wanted to put it out there because I know a lot of people aren't too familiar with it just yet. So uh, yeah, it's up there for you guys to, uh, to have a look. So I'm going to see, because it is 10 o'clock, um, and I did schedule Shaker to come on at 10. So I'm going to see if I can, if he's waiting in the room or not. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to bring him on live here, and we won't need to uh, break away for a second or two. Should be simple enough just to bring him on. Currently, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cars out on track. We got the McLaren of Lando Norris. Followed directly behind him, Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari. And we got uh, Alpha, or excuse me, the Aston Martin of Lance Stroll is also out on track. Lance Stroll's got, uh, or excuse me, uh, 30 laps done. Okay, looks like Shaker is in the room. 
So hopefully we're going to be able to get this as well as possible. Okay, hold on Shaker just a second. I'm just going to try and uh, put your video here into the source and then I can bring you on the air. All right. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. Okay, perfect. Okay, Shaker, you are on the air. Uh, your video is not up yet, but the folks on the stream can hear you. So everybody, oh. going to welcome in my uh, Backmarkers F1 Show podcast co-host and our usual audio and technical engineer, Shaker Barter. He was joining us remotely from the comforts of his own home. How you doing, my friend? It's been a little while, uh, so yes, what's going on? Yes, it has been. It's been good. Well, hello, viewers, you know, who's watching. Um yeah, it's it's nice to be back, man. I've been I've been crazy with the work and, and moving out of this house. So yeah, it's it's great to be back and you know have a great F one season ahead of us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how much you've followed so far in the the first couple of days of testing, but uh, there's a lot of excitement going on. I was saying earlier in the stream, like it's crazy that I mean we've got an hour left in this session already, and then mm -hmm. we're you know done day two. And we've only got one more day left. Like it just felt like yesterday we were doing the Abu Dhabi show and. Right. going off for holidays and everything like it's pretty crazy right. yeah i mean even with the delay it hasn't even felt like that long i guess we've had you know we've all had social media to keep up with and keep up with what's going on in the f1 world and see i mean i think the biggest fascination has been sub at uh, aston martin so i think uh it's been it's been good it's 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 great to be back <laughs> yeah absolutely i know yeah there's been so much hype uh, around aston martin They've uh, they've kind of struggled a little bit. I was uh, I was just telling the chat earlier mm -hmm. on that uh, Sebastian Vettel had a gearbox issue uh, earlier this morning, so limited his running to only uh, six laps, I believe it was. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's been uh, kind of a little bit uh, of a sort of a head scratcher a little bit for for Aston Martin. Just not as good as I hoped. As Lando Norris actually just goes quickest with a one thirty five again on the C four wow. tire. I think that might have been a new set of the C four. But uh, yeah, Mio, I know uh, you're you're a pretty good McLaren fan. Um, they've been going really, really well in this first two days. I mean, that's good to hear. I uh, like. Yeah, I haven't been keeping up with too much of it. I'm just putting it on, putting it on right now in the background. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see McLaren, man. It's uh, with Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo. I know Lando Norris has been getting a bunch yeah, of plaque because he's been uh, been streaming, you know, doing yeah. his thing. But. Uh, yeah, I know it's going to be great to see Landon Norris back at it because he's been really excited to get back in this car. And same with everybody, but yeah, R Ricardo looks really comfortable too. He set the uh, fastest time in the morning, and then right. uh, Norris is kind of uh, doing a little bit of copying by him and uh, setting the fastest time today uh, in the afternoon session. So yeah, really looking good so far. Mm-hmm. And pure ghastly with with the fastest time. Wow. Yeah, I think he's currently still out on track at the moment. Uh, I don't know how your stream might be maybe a little bit delayed uh, off of mine as well. Currently looking at Fernando Alonso out on track in the Alpine. I am still looking at Lando Norris. Okay. <laughs> You'll catch up eventually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not always going to be the perfect uh, with uh, everybody kind of watching on different, uh, different parts, but that's all right. Yeah, for sure. That's okay. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully everybody can hear you okay. I'm still just trying to work on uh, on your video. I got your video in, but uh, my data source is just down at the moment. 
Yeah, so, no worries. Yeah, another minute or two, and I should have uh, should have it updated. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see what uh, what Tim Haraney has to say at the top of the hour at 11 a.m. in the post wrap up <laughs> show of what he's kind of looked out for. Another thing too that uh, you know was mentioned off the off the top of the stream too that Mercedes has been struggling. Um, you know, it's been kind of a really quiet day. And honestly, since then, since Lewis Hamilton's spin, really they haven't done anything sort of noteworthy. Um, mm -hmm. they, they've kind of just done some little steady running here and there with Valtteri out on track, but nothing, uh, you know, that kind of like gets your, gets your, gets the hair standing up on the back of your neck or kind of gets you talking about them really. So, um, yeah, no new DOS system to introduce <laughs> or anything like that, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, nothing yet. I'm, to be honest with you, I was saying that earlier, like, they don't they don't have much time left to debut something crazy like that but i also wouldn't be surprised if they did debut something crazy like that again yeah like literally the last hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's what everybody thinks everybody thinks that they're sandbagging you know hmm. which I, that's always you know we joke about it oftentimes but i don't think that these teams uh it's one thing to not necessarily show your true pace um yeah. in terms of maybe you run a little bit more fuel but you know, to purposely not run during such a limited time frame in testing, I don't think is something that, uh, you know, a team like Mercedes would do. No, especially because they want to get their test out there too. You know, they they want to know if that, that system's going to work when they go out when they go out there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like you mentioned too, they have upgrades uh, that they've brought to the car this year, and they need to correlate that. They need to make sure it's working. Mm -hmm. um, and if anything, you know, like I said, it doesn't mean that Mercedes is going to not win the championship this year or that they're not going to be competitive. They absolutely will be. But it might just mean that if they haven't been able to work out those issues, uh, you know, in this sort of short time frame of testing, that maybe mm -hmm. they'll be on the back foot on the first couple of races. And then, you know, maybe Red Bull can capitalize on that. But uh, we'll really have to wait and see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know, I know we're still expecting a lot for Ferrari. I'm uh, sorry, for Mercedes. And not a lot has changed from last year. Mm, yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I, To be honest, I'm most excited to see how Sergio Perez performs in this car. Uh, when we, we all know how confident of a driver Max Verstappen is. And so, how's, how's Sergio Perez been in testing, Chris? Yeah, he's been pretty solid. <laughs> I mean, so far, uh, he's got the fifth fastest time, a healthy amount of laps done. He actually just missed it uh, about 15 or 20 minutes or so before you joined onto the stream. Uh, Sergio Perez had an incident with Nicholas Latifi. Now, I, I thought that he ran into the back of him like he misjudged his, uh, you know, how close he was to him. But he lost a lot of, uh, of body work and he lost, uh, I think, a little bit off of his front wing as well. So up until that point, it was going good. <laughs> and then we had some uh, pretty big drama there. But other than that, it's been okay. Uh, I mean, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. I mean, it's nothing crazy of an accident. They're both still good. Car's still good. Yeah, Perez was back in the garage, and they were, um, you know, working on. I think they had they taken the floor off, or they had some mechanics under the car, uh, just mm -hmm. looking at that because they had uh, definitely some some issues there. But yeah, it was just like out of nowhere. You know, it was a pretty like quiet, steady session going on, and then out of nowhere, it was just like, whoa, there's an incident. <laughs> Yeah, see, I'm just getting to Lando Norris getting back into the garage. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I guess you're you're a little bit little ways behind, but that's all right. Yeah. All right. Let me see if I can pull this clock in together. 
right. So Valtteri currently out on track on the C4. So this will be an interesting lap. So we're going to pay attention to this lap here hmm. and see what he can do. Two tenths down on Norris in the first sector. Ah, there we go. All right, your video is up, so make sure you're wearing pants. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah, here we go. I was just, I was just, you know, grabbing my water, about to snack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I've been doing that the whole time, too. <laughs> so, let's see. Bottas coming through. Sector 2 timing zone right here up after turn 13. Yeah, 7 tenths down on Lando Norris. Now, of course, we don't know what fuel he's running. He could be on for a couple of laps. Oh, yeah. Heading down into the final corner. Decent exit. Good drive out of turn 15. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, one second off the pace. So 131.6. Good enough to put him fourth, just behind Pierre Gasly. Leclerc is also on a qualifier. Be interesting to see where Ferrari is going to end up here. Mm -hmm. Leclerc. Oh, man, Leclerc's been running so wide there on the final corner. Yeah, only fifth fastest. Goes faster than Perez. But, yeah, he's been losing a lot of time going wide and sparking a lot, actually, in that 50, in uh, turn 15. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Valtteri's lap now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is this is this is the delay here. Yeah. <laughs> which uh which feed are you watching it from? I'm watching the one that you sent. Oh, okay, yeah. That's uh it might be because it's Sky Sports, so it's uh maybe behind a little bit, but let's see. I'll I'll open the other one. There we go. I got my video in there too. Not the car either. Just. Yeah, I heard your audio there for a second. It'll <laughs> <Still> just Valtteri. <laughs> <laughs> well, on my stream of things, uh, Pierre Gasly also on a flying lap. Uh, green personal best in the first sector. Yeah, now I, I think we're seeing a lot more of the sparks now because uh, Nightfall has come over in Bahrain. Mm -hmm. DRS open as he's going down into turn 11. Yeah, I really like the way this Alpha Tower is hooked up here. Yeah. Bahrain testing looks a lot more fun than Spanish uh, Spain testing. Oh, man, completely agree. Oh, and he <laughs> just, just set the fastest second sector. He's one-tenth up. On Lando Norris's time. I'm sure you'll see it here in a minute, Shaker. <laughs> Just got on Charles Leclerc. Let's go. <laughs> You're getting there. <laughs> All right. Gas is coming out of the final corner. Let's see if he can get the fastest time here. Yes, he does. He goes one-tenth quicker than Lando Norris. The 134. A very, very strong lap there from Pierre Gasly. Very good. That Alpha Tower looks extremely hooked up 
in the high speed corners. So yeah, very good sights here for Pierre Gasly and Alpha Tauri. It's looking really good for Alpha Tauri. Yeah. Yeah, I just had a question here from, uh, hello to you, Rob Graham. I know Rob was uh, chiming in a lot yesterday and uh, he just joined us on the stream again for today. So thanks again, Rob, for joining us today. He asks, uh, Ferrari don't seem to have gained that much back. What do you think? I would agree with that too. They're not uh, as, I expected them to be a little bit more impressive at this point. Um, let's see what kind of performance uh, they'll be able to bring in the next hour um, when they go up more in their their runs. But both drivers don't seem to be very happy with the rear of the car, especially uh, Charles Leclerc, which is a little bit disappointing considering that they made improvements to that rear, and that's where they spent some of their tokens. So uh, let's wait and see. But I, I don't think that they've made back as big a gains as maybe uh, we had originally thought. Yeah, it seems like that was their biggest issue last year too, and you figured that's where they would improve. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was obviously the big uh, problem with uh, Fettel and why he struggled so much with uh, with the rear of the car and eventually why, uh, you know, he's happy to leave. <laughs> but, mm. um, yeah, they, they made improvements. They changed some of the uh, the suspension there. Obviously, they got the new power unit, but uh, not really working so far. So, Sergio Perez, I don't – yeah, no, it doesn't look like this will be a uh, – more of a performance lap for him. He's out on the hard tire. Of course, good thing to see that it wasn't uh, too much damage in the end. Mm -hmm. Man, Gasly just looks so comfortable in this car. Yeah. Well, isn't it just nice to see him like just past all that Red Bull drama? Yeah, no, he just he looks so more so much more relaxed in his driving. He's not like he doesn't look as stressed out about it. Just fucking he's just out for a fucking rip, bud. <laughs> 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 oh, and they just showed uh, they just showed Perez going wide. I believe that was at turn one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see this year with another, you know, a brand new driver that wasn't part of the Red Bull Academy come in to drive that car and see how he feels about it. Yeah, exactly, right? This will kind of be a, a good test to see, you know, it might just prove that maybe Max Verstappen is even better than we thought, being able to adapt to those type of cars, or it might show that, you know, the issue wasn't with the drivers, it was more so the team. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. No, it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, Shaker, I'm sure you'll see it in a couple minutes' time. Mick Schumacher currently out on track. This will probably be your first time seeing Mick uh, this season out on track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just getting Sergio Perez. He just started. Yeah, Rob was asking uh, how we're watching with VPN. Um, I'm, I found a link. Uh, I think I posted this yesterday in the chat of a Sky Sports live stream. I'm not using a VPN. I'm on F1 TV. Uh, I do have an F1 TV Pro subscription. So that's what I'm using uh, to be able to stream so far. So far, so good. No issues or anything like that. In the beginning, it was buffering a lot, but uh, they've seemed to work out that issue on that end. Yeah, I'm debating getting a subscription this year. I'm going to see. Um, I think maybe I can share it with you guys because I'm pretty sure I can. you can put it up to like six devices or something. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll just like split it between the three of yeah, us because it's sure, like sure. $9.99 a month. Oh, it's, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. So Schumacher currently down in 12th place on a run on the C3, the medium. Ooh. Rob, yeah, give me a second. I will drop that link in the chat for you. 
It's uh, that link's working for you uh, pretty decently, right, uh, Shaker? <laughs> you say that and it just went down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you serious? Uh, let me see. Let me see. It might just it might just be lagged. That's so funny. Oh no! Okay, we're good. Yeah, it's working. Okay. <laughs> All right, there you go, Rob. I just dropped it in the chat. Uh, anybody else that's looking for uh, a link to watch it, it is there in the chat as well for you to see. How do I, how do I, oh, okay, the chat's here. I'm looking somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, we've been nice enough to get uh, a couple of uh, super chats as well. Some uh, right. friendly donations from uh, Magic Skates and Miha S. Oh, so, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank you again to those two. Yeah, in a little bit of time, uh, probably like ten thirty. Maybe remind me if I if I do forget. I'll just uh, go through all the giveaway stuff again. I, mm -hmm. uh, I just talked about it a little bit earlier before you came on. All right, so I got Lance Stroll out on track currently on my feed. Got forty one minutes and uh, twelve seconds left. Um, I think my stream is down. Oh, yes, you're down. <laughs> Let me see if I can um, bring back the Twitter feed here for you guys and uh, try and get some updates through Twitter. No, no, it's working. It's working. It's working. It's being weird. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you. I know that everybody's trying to crack down on uh, on the stream oh, yeah, and everything. But... but that's one of the main reasons I want to get F1 TV. I already subscribed to, like, the zone and like Sportsnet. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think I'm gonna get rid of the Sportsnet one because I barely use it. I thought I was gonna have more Raptors game on there, but with hockey, but there's not a lot of Raptors games on there. Yeah, to TSN. So, all right. Let's see what we got here. So I'm just gonna land stroll. Okay, you're not that far behind then. Yo, my stuff caught up. Maybe that's what the delay was. That's why it lagged a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's currently the off. Oh, yeah. Stroll's just coming into the pits now. So he's done that current run. Okay. Yeah, this is what Chris Medlin just tweeted this a couple minutes ago. It was basically what we were just talking about now. The first bit of pace being shown by Mercedes as Bottas goes fourth on the prototype C3. That's actually interesting. I didn't notice that that was yeah, the, prototype. Really the prototype. Hmm. The C3 tire. So, um, yeah, so compound that's made in a different factory, four tenths off of Gasly's time on C2s. So, again, an interesting little tidbit of information there. And this should be an interesting lap here from Stroll. Yeah, Valtteri's back out on track, and he is on the soft tire. Yes, right. yes, Rob. I do believe. Sorry, there. Uh, I, he. I, I think they are running uh, the Mercedes gearbox. He just asked, uh, "Is Aston Martin running the Mercedes gearbox?" And yes, I believe there is. I think it is the 2020 spec gearbox. Uh, Mercedes say it's unrelated to the issue that they had yesterday, but um, obviously, it seems like it's some sort of a Mercedes uh, e issue because, uh, of course, it's happening to a Mercedes-powered car. So, uh, yeah, I believe it is the 2020 spec gearbox, though.
All right, so Valtteri, yeah, it doesn't look like he's got uh, the pace in hand at the moment to knock Pierre Gasly off of the first position for the fastest time. He's just coming out of the final corner. Personal best in the second sector. Uh, slower, though, in the third sector. He's seven-tenths down. He's just set a 131.1, 1, 131 which is uh, still doesn't move him up or down the time. He's got fourth. Just behind Giovinazzi, Norris, and Pierre Gasly. Yeah, Charles Leclerc currently in the garage. Best time of a 131.8 on the soft tire. I was going to ask you... Um, because you've probably seen them all by now. Which one would you say is your favorite livery? Oh, man. This is a hard one for me this year. Because I really like them this year. Yeah, all of them right? look so good. Um, I like. I have to say Aston Martin just because of the racing green. But Alpine is a close second. Like... I don't know. I think for the just for the racing green, I'll have to go with the Aston Martin. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way too. Like, obviously, I'm a little bit biased and maybe uh, you know caught up in the Aston Martin hype. Yeah. Um, although, like it is it, it's a it's a beautiful car. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like w when I saw that Alpine, I was like, oh man, you know what? Like, I I might have to change my opinion on this one yeah. because it's gorgeous. It looks really, really good, but I, yeah, like same thing, man. I think it just because of that racing green, I'm gonna chase, uh, chase Aston Martin. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it, it's just nice too. And like when they showed it next to like the Valkyrie and some of the the DBS models, I was just like, yeah, yeah. It, it's just more of a, an iconic brand. I mean, you know, like all due respect to Alpine and everything. I never heard of Alpine before Formula One, yeah. so. <laughs> Yeah, it's Aston Martin. It's just you know, it's it's and it's nice that with all the British roots and stuff to have. I mean, to have it back there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Canadian team, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> that's that's like the most as as much Canadian team as we're gonna get essentially. <laughs> it's true. So Norris uh, Norris just came out on track again, and now he's back in the pits. Oh, see, we were just talking about uh, the Aston Martin. Just popped up on my Twitter feed. Yeah, I mean, that's just a gorgeous, gorgeous-looking car in all angles. Okay, it looks like Norris is doing uh, a bunch of practice starts here on the on the softer tire. Mm -hmm. Coming up on just a uh, half an hour left. Man, just crazy how quickly this is going by. Oh, yeah, it looks beautiful. Oh, I'm getting Sergio Perez now. Oh, well, you might be ahead of me then. <laughs> what? Really? Oh, okay. I, I might have missed Sergio out on track. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, it's just Norris is out for an outlap right now. So maybe not. Yeah, you're there. You're within the range. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're gonna like this. Uh, hopefully, this can. Uh, yeah, this this does, this does fit. <laughs> you might see it now on the live stream shaker. This is a. 
it's good. <laughs> I don't know if do you know this? I, I I showed this probably like maybe ten times to the chat, um, but I don't think I showed it to you. Uh, F one portrayed by Top Gear Twitter account. No, I don't think I've seen that. Like this was the their tweet to the Sergio Perez uh, damage just a couple <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> That's great. They have some really, really good ones. Uh, where's... I'm trying to find one. Yeah, that, Rob, like... I kind of like that. I, I, I like I, I like that it looks black sometimes. I like the little multicolor shift that they have when it goes through different like shades of light. I think that would that's what I honestly really like about it. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Just seeing uh, Rob's comment now. <laughs> so... I don't know if you guys heard about this in the chat or Shaker, if you heard about it. Uh, Daniel Ricardo's got a new, uh, like, wine uh, brand or, or whatever that he's come out with. Yeah. And uh, this was uh, this was the tweet they put out in response to Ricardo's launch. I'm going to try and, <laughs> I'm going to go back to uh, just the data. I want to see if I can find the one they did of uh, Carlos Sainz's accident in Russia last year. That one I still laugh at that to this day. It was just so so freaking funny. So I think Leclerc just went quicker than uh Bottas there going fourth. Just slightly missed that lap time there just uh Looking around. Yeah, I'm Twitter watching here. Leclerc's right now. Yeah, he's just starting sector one, or he's in 20 seconds in this sector one for me. Yeah, I just I don't think that Ferrari just looks uh, as as impressive as I thought they would. I mean, um, oh. it's okay. It's it's obviously they're out there, they're running. It seems like the power unit is uh, is reliable. You know, obviously Alfa Romeo's done a ton of laps today as well. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe reliability is more what they're going for this year. <laughs> Just finish the races? Just finish the race, get some points on the board, because that was their biggest struggle last year is not finishing, only having one driver finish a race. Yeah. Well, it looks like they're doing a helmet change at Alpha Tauri. Pierre Gasly, I guess, just wasn't happy with uh, the current driver helmet that he was at. He's just making a change there. They're showing a replay. <laughs> okay, so uh, hold on. I just found uh, that one from the Russian Grand Prix. <laughs> this this was just the funniest one and shaker i'm pretty sure you'll know which episode this is from um i just hope that it doesn't uh, get us kicked off of youtube but it might be worth it just because it's so funny Yobo. mania mania oh, 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 i think there's a chance here oh, damn it. Yobo. Oh, 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 i think there's a chance here You know which episode that is, right? Yeah, I do know what episode that is. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I just had to play that one again. Every single time, it just gets me. It's so funny. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever runs the account, though, is, is like an Uber fan because they're so quick, and they just know exactly like which episode to go to, which references and everything. 
They probably have so much of them saved up. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. I, I just love like I, I could just imagine like science in his helmet just going down the pit straight, being like maniac. Just like <laughs> oh, there's a chance here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Uh, coming up on uh, just uh, under and half an hour left of day two of uh, preseason winter testing. You're watching the Backmarkers F1 show live stream watch along. Chris Cato here with Shaker Barty. In about a half an hour's time, we should be connecting with uh, TSN's Tim Haraney, who will be with us to uh, break down a uh, post show. Um, that'll be actually interesting how if I can bring Tim on to this current Zoom call that we're on or if I'm going to have to uh, end your call and set up a new one. Okay, looks like I can just copy an invite link to Tim. Okay, so that should be good. Hopefully we won't have, uh, oops. Sorry about that, guys. I just okay, lost your yeah. video there, Shaker. <laughs> oh, oh, no worries. I'm watching the Pierre Gasly helmet change right now. All good. Important stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to see uh, on Twitter afterwards to see if uh, I can find what the issue was. Might have just been something that they were trying out. Different visors or actually anything. Oh, right. coming back up slowly. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> I don't know why uh, your video just got a lot smaller it's weird man eh, whatever strange things but Valtteri Bottas is making his way around the track he's got uh, personal best in sector 1 and 2 and quickest in sector 3 that puts him second place with a 130.4 wow 130.4? Is yep. he tired with Gasly? Uh, time of Gasly is a 130.413. Oh, okay, it's, uh, okay. I think, a difference of pretty much a four one hundredths of a second. Jeez. I think uh, Valtteri was on a used set, if uh, I'm not mistaken. Nope, I just lost it again. That's my video? No. Yep. It's all good, as long as they can hear me. <laughs> yeah, they can hear you. That's all good. Interesting time there, that's for sure. Uh, we got Rob asking about some TSN analysts. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think he was talking about uh, Tim. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't. I think Tim works sort of as a as a freelancer for uh, TSN. He just kind of joins them uh, every now and again uh, for uh, you know analysts on Sports Center and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I, I don't think they have very much of a dedicated kind of uh, analyst zone or anything like other sports as well. So 
um, yeah, just sort of in a, a smaller scale, that's for sure. Yeah, and he, I mean, he, he's also got his own podcast and stuff too. Um, yep. Talking about motorsports, sports, and he's he's got a really use. He gives you really useful information in that too. Um, really smart guy when it comes to motorsports. Yeah, yeah. Also helps that he's a obviously a former racing driver himself, yep. so he's able to give us uh, you know all those little little details that uh, normally you know just regular fans like us who wouldn't necessarily be able to share with everybody. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he said he recently raced an Indy car a few years back, if I'm not mistaken. Not like in the race, but he got to race in the like the the Indy car in Toronto for a couple of laps. Yeah, it was uh, the Champ Car Atlantic Series, which was like at the time sort of a kind of it's like sort of the Formula Two of uh, of that Indy car uh, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a, we did a great interview with him last year. If you guys want to check that out, not even last year. Yeah, no, What's, I think it was last year, yeah. Uh the temperature, uh it's beautiful. It's uh <laughs> it was like 15 degrees yesterday. Um I spent the day outside working. It was nice. I'm checking what it is right now. So it's always deceiving when you're inside. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to get up to a high of 0 degrees and right now it's like negative 12. Yeah, yesterday was weird because when I was coming in to, to do the stream, again, it was same. It was, like, nice. I think it was maybe only, like, minus one. By the time I got out, it was, you know, five degrees, very nice, warm. And then yeah. the crazy winds, like, picked up again at night, oh, and then it got yeah. chilly. Yeah, it was it was some pretty crazy weather the last week. It's been weird. Like, it's been either really hot or it's just been dropping down to being really cold and windy in the night. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. What you get when you live in a valley, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that was the last of it, but maybe not. Yeah, I mean, let's. It's, it's what is it? False spring is it what they call it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so Pierre Gasly currently out on a set of medium tires. I think uh, Gasly has pretty much done all of his performance runs, and uh, now just going for some longer runs to finish out the day. <clears throat> to see how uh, uh do they uh, i i know they switched uh tires a lot but have they checked like the degradation of the tires and stuff over a consistent few laps or you know yeah i haven't seen too much about it. obviously we're dealing with uh, some of the newer profile tires uh of this season just uh, with the carryover um yeah, so i haven't yeah. seen too much tire info in in terms of that um as uh, leclerc has actually just gone purple in the first sector so quickest of anybody but yeah, it would be interesting to see like with the with the new regulations and some of the updates on the cars, like how high or how low is the tire degradation. Now with this track, because a lot of the uh, sort of the start stopping nature of the secure circuit, um, you have a lot of slow speed corners, so it's pretty punishing on the on the rear tires. And then you know, for example, like turn ten is pretty punishing on the fronts as well. So uh, yeah, some of the longer run data, I think uh, maybe for tomorrow, I'll try and look that up and see see what they say. Yeah, because that'd be interesting to see as well. So here we go. Leclerc crossing the line just now. So went purple in the first sector. He's four-tenths off of Gasly. So he lost a lot of time in sector two and especially in sector three. That's kind of where Pierre Gasly and the Alpha Tauri 
excelled. So it seems like Ferrari's still struggling a little bit, um, sort of in the higher speed to medium speed corners. Yeah, just like Rob was saying too, the the stiffer sidewalls this year on these tires. So yeah, it's it's different. That's also another part of why the teams it's important to get out and run as much as possible so that they can familiarize themselves with the new tires and yeah. how their cars interact with the compounds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, good point there, uh, Miha. That's another one that we missed. Uh, Lance Stroll with a really good lap uh, that yep. put himself fourth. Red Bull just doing some practice pit stops and they send Sergio Perez out again. So it'd be curious to see if Perez has been out on the soft tire. So it's interesting. Sergio Perez has yet to be out on the soft tire at all today. It's showing that he's been out mostly or completely on the hard tire, the C2 tire. Um, I'm not sure if that's 100% accurate. But he definitely hasn't put in a timed lap on the soft tire. And really with uh, almost just 20 minutes to go just about, I don't know if he'll be coming out to do any performance runs. So they might be saving that for the final day that will be split between the two drivers tomorrow. Yeah, figure stroll gets all the running. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, come on, He's Robinson. the one who needs more practice. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, it's not like his dad owns the team or anything like that. I mean, what? What? You know what? I'm never – I don't know if you guys saw the meme, but uh, of, of Lawrence Stroll with his beard now looks like Count Dooku from Star Wars, and I'm never going to be able to unsee it. Okay. I've never <laughs> seen Star Wars, so maybe some oh my God. hopefully other okay. people get the reference. Look, 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 look up Count Dooku, Chris. Look up <laughs> Count Dooku. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it, it's true. He did get Arson, Arson Martin to the top, Aston to the top five. Yeah. And Valtteri Bottas just put the W12 in the number one spot. He just goes fastest just, I think, by uh, a tenth of a second there. I think that was uh, his 59th lap completed so far today. Uh, purple in Sector 2, slower, actually, uh, in Sector 3, only a 22.7. But uh, that Sector 2 was strong enough to be able to get him the fastest time so far uh, in this session. I can't unsee that either. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, once you see it, like the side by side picture, it's uh, it's it's hard to see. Yeah, he looked totally like when I was doing. Uh, I saw the assets and you the interview they did with him. I'm like, man, he looks yeah. completely different. Yeah. So it looks like uh, so Bottas is on the C5 prototype tire. That's what it's showing on the graphic, but I I think uh, that wasn't accurate because I did see the red sidewall on the replay there, but uh, he lost some time coming out of, uh, of sector three there. I think he was behind possibly maybe the alpha tower there. Um, so I think that's where he, why he lost so much time there in sector three. So let's see if we got anything 
noteworthy here on social media. Yeah, nothing too uh, too eventful to report. Yeah, it seems like going to be a pretty drama-free end to this session. Mm-hmm. So let's see what Chris Medlin here is saying. Yeah, so Bottas was on the C5 tire. So that fastest lap time is a 130.289. And yeah, like, like I said, last 20 minutes, a lot of, lot of teams sticking on the softs. Mm -hmm. Maybe taking a little bit of fuel out as well and uh, seeing what they can do. Oh, here we go. We got uh, a Haas social team video. Let's hear the Haas VF21 here. Mick Schumacher has had uh, quite of a quiet session here as well. Still down there in 12th place. I think he's got 60 laps there on the board. Rob, it's unfortunate that Botas will never beat Hamilton. Because <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> I mean, what are we on right now? Is it like Valtteri uh, 4.0? Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be Valtteri like, like you know, 3.14 because this number is just going to be unlimited. It's yeah, just seriously. Keep on going and it's never going to be in. Might as well be Valtteri Pi. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if, uh, you know, if he can keep going and, and do a little bit better, but I just, I kind of feel like he's had so many years at Mercedes now and he hasn't been able to do it. I don't think that uh, he's, he's really going to end up being that successful, yeah. you know, this year. I think Hamilton's just too tough to beat for him. Yeah. I mean, and Hamilton's going to go for, you know, number eight. Yeah. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So Stroll currently uh, trying to do some fast laps here on the softer tire as we are coming up just on 15 minutes left on day two, session two. Yeah, he's uh, not really setting any uh, anything quicker in sector one or two. Crosses the line and goes uh, nowhere, anywhere up or down. 131.0 for that on Stroll's latest lap time. So we got about, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven car, eight cars out on track. So looks, oh, nine now. Sergio Perez just exiting the pit lane. So what do you guys think in the chat so far? Like what has stood out to you the most? Um, whether you've been watching the the PM session or or the AM session, uh, you know which team or, or or what has kind of stood out to you the most so far uh, here on this day two of testing. 
be curious to know uh, what you guys think. Curious to know what Tim Hint thinks as well, as we'll bring him on very, very shortly. Yeah, I agree with uh, you, Rob, there. I wish uh, he was, uh, yeah. I think he might with uh, Giovinazzi's car. I, I kind of wish he would have went to Alfa Romeo and been uh, teammates with Kimi. That would have been really cool. I think that would have really helped out his, uh, his uh, what do you call it, his development. Yeah, I just think, I mean, Haas is in a tough place. I'm hoping that they can get back to the performance, um, you know, that they did, like, back in 2018, which really wasn't that long ago. I mean, they they were doing a good job. But, uh, yeah, I just hope that they can get themselves back to that rate at, at the very least. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what happened to my internet, but, like, it literally bumped up, like, five times for speed there. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know what happened. It literally d d bumped up from like 200 megabytes to like 900 megabytes for a download <laughs> for a second. I was really confused. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, McLaren is the one thing I'm happy about the last year to see is the consistency because they would their their biggest struggle was just you know a few years back was getting those the, making those finishes happening every single race or you know being in the top ten every single race. Well, I mean, they, they're they very close. Weren't they only off by, like, two points last year, Magic? Like, it was it was a very close race last year for between McLaren and Racing Point. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, it was only a couple points, I think. Yeah, it was, it was very, very close last year. I mean, Racing Point probably would have finished third had they not had that penalty of 15 points. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, whatever the difference was, you know, two or three points or, or something. Yeah, um, it, it, was, it, was, it was very, it was a very small. Oh, you mean right now in testing. Okay. Oh. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, we, don't, we don't know what Aston Martin are planning. Maybe they're holding some stuff back, but we'll see. Yeah, I just think that they just haven't had a smooth testing so far. Obviously, yeah. the the gearbox issue, like Vettel's first day wasn't, you know, wasn't very eventful. Um, I don't think that he was comfortable with the car just yet. Um, and, and obviously, he's still getting used to it. We have to keep that into consideration. Now, when you look at it, though, currently the man on track at the moment, Fernando Alonso, he's adjusted very well just like that. But I also think that has to do with Alonso spent a lot of time you know, testing older Renault cars also jumped into the RS20 last season at the young driver test. Um, so I think that he's much more equipped to the to the Alpine systems than Fettel is to the Aston Martin systems, for example. Um, but like I said, just not having that time today, I think really hurt uh, uh, Fettel and, and probably not going to help his confidence either, I don't think. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure when, when McLaren wasn't using Honda, they were using Renault engines, weren't they? Before that little mishap? Yeah, that's right. They used Renault engines from 2018 till uh, to last year. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he he got a little bit of practice with it, I think. Yeah. 
It's just how, like, Daniel Ricardo adjusted so easily coming into that Renault because, you know, he because uh, the uh, Red Bull had a uh, Renault engine. Yeah, well, it's, it's completely different. And a lot of drivers, I mean, we saw Ricardo when he went to uh, Renault was, was struggling quite a bit too in the early parts of the seasons. But, uh, yeah, I think um, ju- just not as smooth for, for Aston Martin. Although Lance Stroll has been going, excuse me, decently well in this PM session, which is good. Uh, but it's kind of what you would expect because Stroll is the senior driver at the team and obviously is, is very familiar with, uh, with all the systems there. And also, good, yeah, and Alonso can literally drive anything. You're right, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's, the, we saw the Daniel Ricciardo um, change from like Red Bull to uh, Renault to McLaren. It's, it's been the same engine the last three years. He's not doing anything huge. Um, Yes, and there should definitely be more options for engines, and there should definitely be more manufacturers in play in that one, but we don't have, you know, it's unfortunate that more teams don't want to get involved. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a constant thing that we always talk about with, you know, having more teams, but definitely having more more engines, because if you really consider it, when Honda left, you know, just the last year, we were pretty much down to three manufacturers. It's still kind of like that um, Mm -hmm. with sort of Red Bull taking over, uh, you know, the, the Honda project, uh, I guess, in a way, it's still going to be very much the Honda power unit. But um, yeah, it's it's just to be down to three manufacturers, essentially Ferrari, Mercedes and uh, and Renault is uh, is pretty slim, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, it, it is like I my, my dream engine manufacturer is CPC Porsche. Mm. I would love to see Porsche uh, back in. Um, not obviously BMW. Those would be the two unfortunate yeah i mean porsche has been rumored now i think i just read something recently again that they were possibly uh looking at it or in talks of it but obviously it's very difficult nowadays to to try and get into f1 very expensive and everything but uh yeah i think that would be uh that would be great to have them back in the sport or or in the sport i don't think they were ever in uh in formula one yeah like the only see way i see it happening personally is if a brand new team who had the money that wanted to get into F1 were to approach like Porsche or BMW and, you know, somehow convince them to get back into the sport. Cause then it's a shared like money kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I don't see an engine manufacturer entering into F1 with the current teams, unless like a current team was absolutely fucking sick of it and wanted to, <laughs> wanted to take some of, some of the costs up. Yeah, you never know. And, and like I said, it's dependent on too, uh, the, the comments as well um, on, on the engine regulations in the coming years and, and stuff like that. I know they're doing the engine freeze, but still, obviously, uh, there's a lot for that to do. And it's just like, you know, the systems are so complex. They're very, very, very expensive with this technology. So it's also yeah. the future afterwards of where it's going to go. Are they going to keep the combustion engines? Are they... Uh, you know, going to go more hybrid or more electric, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure. So I think that's going to be very dependent too on, on what manufacturers decide to do. Mm-hmm. You know, another, <laughs> another nice thing about testing uh, here in Bahrain is we get an excellent selection of daytime pictures and nighttime pictures of what the cars look like. I just really like that. Yeah, that's true.
So let me just announce before uh, before Tim comes on and we wrap up uh, this portion of the live coverage of F1 testing. Uh, I did want to remind people if you weren't with us sort of uh, throughout this program, uh, we are doing a giveaway uh, for exclusively to people that are watching the live stream. So today, uh, tomorrow, even uh, yesterday, day before. So um, you're only going to really hear about it if you're tuned into these live streams. So you, you're going to have a good chance to win. Uh, we are giving away. I showed this earlier. I want to see if I can. Uh, yeah, I think I sent this to you in the DMs, right? We are giving away uh, one Kimi Raikkonen mug. And with that prize pack, we're going to give away also a Sebastian Vettel uh, coaster and also a uh, Mick Schumacher coaster as well, along with a Sebastian Vettel sticker. And I'm throwing in with that as well. These just came in the day before. They're these uh, little Max Verstappen uh, buttons. I don't know if anybody still collects the buttons, but uh, maybe we could start a new trend there. So that will be the prize pack available. To be eligible for the giveaway, it's very simple. In a couple of minutes time when uh, this video is done and it's processed, head down into the comment section of this video or tomorrow's video as well and comment your top three drivers championship predictions. So whether that's Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen or Verstappen, Perez, Hamilton, whatever it is, comment that down below. We're going to then uh, throw all those names into a hat and then uh, pick a winner out of there and we will contact you replying back to your comment in one of those videos and uh, get that price sent out to you wherever you are in the world. Um, so that will be uh, very good, very exciting. So good luck to you all. And yeah, if you want uh, extra entries, uh, you know, make sure uh, to comment on both of the videos. And uh, yeah, doing that exclusively for, uh, for you guys who are, have been very nice enough to support in the chat and also uh, watch along with us for uh, these past couple hours. So um, yeah, that'll be great. Sorry, I'm just going through our, our, our previous comments of the stream. <laughs> no, no problem, no problem. All right, so let's go back to the data here. So less than five minutes to go. So I'm wondering... I sent Tim a message to see uh, if he could just loop in with the Zoom call that we're on right now, but I haven't heard from him, so. Yeah, I mean, he's probably watching the session. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we got a red flag. I believe, I think that this might be an FIA scheduled red flag because they did this earlier in the AM session. I don't see any cars spun around on track or anything like that. Yeah, it looks like it's still still good. So yeah, I think it's just they did this. I think in the first session as well, where they just went to uh, an, an FIA sort of tested uh, red flag. But that might so what last year, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I wonder if that might do it then for uh, for the on track action. Yeah, it looks like it there. You got the Alpha Tower of Pierre Gasly at the end of the pit lane with the Alpha Tower mechanics running up with the fans and everything. They seem almost a little bit confused as to what's going on. Yeah, Haas has also got the fans out as well. Okay, yeah, so it's just like this morning where they put the red flag out 
a couple of minutes before. Here, let me show you guys. Uh, so yeah, that'll about pretty much do it for that session then. Yeah, session stopped. Let's see, uh, we got this from the Alpine social media team. Let's have, uh, have a look here. Pit stop practice there from Alpine. Okay, yeah, so that pretty much should do it then for that session. So, yeah, we were all worried that Mercedes wasn't going to top the timing charts, but there they are. Valtteri Bottas, the fastest time today, 132. Pierre Gasly, third. Lance Stroll in fourth. Lando Norris, fifth. And Antonio Giovinazzi rounding out the top five. All right. Very, very close, though, at the front with those uh, with those lap times. But still, we got a Mercedes back at the front. So Shaker, I might have to disconnect you from this Zoom call and start the one that I had scheduled with Tim. That's cool. And then I'll just send you the uh, the new meeting uh, invite. Yep, sounds good. All right. Cool. So I'll just, go here then. Yeah, just gonna disconnect uh, from Shaker for a second here. All right. Let's see if we can do this. So what do you guys think then of uh, of day two, session two, just the whole session as, as a whole? What do you guys think? W who impressed you the most? Who kind of disappointed you the most? I'm sure we're going to get Tim's thoughts on it just in a few moments time. But uh, yeah, definitely I think that uh, very interesting session nonetheless for the likes of Aston Martin, Ferrari as well. Ferrari were very quiet. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done and, and we look at the timing sheets, we do have a Mercedes at the top there. So good for Valtteri Bottas, at least from what happened yesterday, to be able to make up that time and, and be able to at least put in a good lap to, to get him at the top there. Yeah, Giovinazzi faster than Leclerc, right? That's that's a good point. Hey, but on the one side of it, when you look at it, at least uh, at the very least, it, it's good news for the Ferrari power unit, um, as we got a couple cars still uh, going out on track around at the moment. Although the session is over. Yeah, Rob says that he's disappointed by the Mercedes gearbox. That uh, Vettel needed more time. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely uh, a disappointing day for. Uh, for Aston Martin, especially in that in that morning session, they were able to get some pretty good running there with uh, with Lance Stroll, but uh, unfortunately for for Sebastian Vettel, he's going to have a lot to make up for in uh, in tomorrow tomorrow's session.
All right, just trying to get some of the uh, the new Zoom calls here set up. Still haven't heard from Tim, so we're still uh, going to be live on the air for the next uh, 20 to 30 minutes or so. So get your comments in, get your thoughts in. You're summarizing uh, today's action. Very curious to know uh, what you guys think. Definitely a very, very interesting day. Tomorrow is going to be an even busier day. We're going to be live at 9 o'clock going until 12 p.m. Eastern. There's definitely going to be a lot of action tomorrow because a lot of the drivers are going to be splitting the time, um, of course, with, uh, with their teammates. And so that's going to be the important running because obviously tomorrow is the final day of testing and that is it until uh until the first race of the season in bahrain obviously it says any info on ferrari and science uh not at the moment but let me see if i can find some for you okay looks like we got shaker back All right, and he's back. Yep. <clears throat> Perfect. Okay. Yeah, still haven't heard from Tim, so uh, just uh, we'll, we're standing by. We'll we'll just keep going until uh, we can connect with Tim. Um, yeah. So not sure what's going on with Ferrari, uh, but I mean, I, I think Science had a much rougher go in that morning session than Leclerc did. I mean, Leclerc did get do excuse me did do good enough to put in a, a sixth place time of one thirty point eight. Uh, now, the good news for Ferrari here, I mean, Leclerc did 73 laps. Carlos Sainz did 56 in the morning, so over 100 laps. And then, obviously, when you look at Antonio Giovinazzi, who was solo in the Alfa Romeo, 125 laps just by himself in that mm. Alfa Romeo powered by the Ferrari. Only four-tenths off of uh, Valtteri's best time of a 130.2. So, I, I think a pretty solid day for, for Alfa Romeo, building on what Kimi Raikkonen was able to do yesterday. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think, yes, yeah, Rob's saying that uh, potentially uh, Mattia Bonato's last few days at Ferrari, if it doesn't go better than last season, and I mean significantly better, I definitely think that uh, he's on his way out. Yeah, I also wish Chico was a little bit higher, but like we said, it's just, it's a little bit of um, uh Oh my God. Rusty, got it. Yeah, you just gotta invest a little bit more time in that car. I mean, one thirty-one being a seventh place and day two—that's not bad. That's not bad for somebody who's just like second day in their car. Well, and let me just double check because uh, I think we, what we were talking about earlier—that uh, Sergio Perez was not on uh, any of the softer compounds. I do not believe he set a time on the softer compound of tires. Yeah, so it's still showing that he did all of his running on the hard compound tire. So also keep that into consideration of, you know, mm -hmm. it's a pretty solid place uh, of eighth if he just did it on the, on the hard tire there, 117 laps. Um, so that's pretty good. A 131.6, only 1.3 off of Valtteri Bottas. Obviously, we don't know what, uh, what fuel load he was running on the harder tire there. But I think solid, like up until that little incident that he had with Nicholas Latifi, which I'm going to have to go back and still look at, um, to get 117 laps in uh, in the new Honda power unit as well. That's great news for Honda that they've been able to confirm the fact that uh, the power unit is reliable. 
and it seems like it's giving them some pretty solid uh, pace. When I look at the uh, sector one times there, Perez has some pretty pretty solid sector one and sector three times when you look at where the big straights are. So uh, yeah, I, I think for that reason, that's why we didn't see uh, Perez maybe a little bit higher in the standings is because he didn't run um, any of the softer tires. So maybe we'll we'll save that for tomorrow in the, in the split day with Max. Yeah, I mean we're we're gonna see so much more on day three, um, with you know with the other drivers involved as well, and you know full out testing tomorrow. So. I should, I should have just kept the original link with Tim. I'm sending him around in a circle. Poor guy. Well, you went to the other one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, because I didn't hear from him. I, I told him, like, oh, just uh, come on around, like, 10.55, and I didn't see him. So that's why. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Let's admit. All right, so let's get. Happened, guys? Yeah, not too much, man. Just, uh, just wrapped up uh, day two. Uh, I think uh, a pretty interesting session uh, all around, just building on uh, what was day one. Um, I know your your time is limited, so let's uh, let's cut right to the chase. I'm very curious uh, to to what your opinions and and how would you summarize? Let maybe a couple comments on just testing overall so far, and then also what your stands out uh, to you on day two of winter testing. Yeah, I think like with everything with F1 testing, right, guys, I mean, we don't know what kind of fuel loads everyone is running and what different types of setups everyone is on. But I think one of the, you know, important things to take a look at is actually the tire compound some of these teams are running. I mean, taking a look at the screen here, you know, Valtteri Bottas was quickest using the C5, but it's kind of like, well, so was... Pierre Gasly, and I don't really think that an Alpha Tauri is going to be as fast as a Mercedes, right? So I think over the longer haul, I think the more we kind of dig into what is like the race, what is like the race runs? What do they look like on like a harder compound, like a C3 or even a C2, like a longer distance run? Like, what are we, what are we looking at with those times? And, you know, it'd be cool if we could kind of get like a breakdown of that. Like if, if, um, if they could do that with, with the broadcast, but the, you know, they don't, uh, that would give us quite a bit of information, but I mean, to see Mercedes kind of bounce back after what looked like a really tough Friday is, is extremely important because that car looks like a handful. It actually, it doesn't look like one of the smoother, more rides that they've produced in years past. It's a it's, it's a big talking point on social media in terms of Mercedes struggles and, and you know uh, is is their run over is their dominance over but obviously like you said it's very early in testing but how much does that affect do you think it's going to have for them on the season with Valtteri getting limited time and with potential gearbox issues that uh, affected Aston Martin earlier this morning which I believe they said isn't related to what Mercedes issues had but uh, are, are, do you have legitimate concerns about uh, about Mercedes' power unit reliability and just overall what you mentioned uh, with just how much of a handful that car looks, especially earlier in this morning in the hands of uh, Hamilton? I mean, I'll start with the, the handling aspect of it first and sort of work backwards. Um, so if we look at the way F1 cars came into 
this season, you know, we've got, and I'm sure you've mentioned it on your broadcast a number of times, uh, a reduced amount of downforce underneath the race car. So the floors of the race cars have become a lot smaller and these teams are trying to gain back a lot of the aero advantage that they had last season by using the floor of the race car. So if you're making that floor smaller, it's going to be very time consuming and it's going to be a lot of money to try and gain that advantage back and to pick the right direction to go in uh, with your floor. If we take a look at Mercedes's floor, it's very complex. Uh, they have so many different types of, uh, I guess they call them flicks or flickers, they call them, on top of the actual floorboard itself, just in front of the tires to kind of redirect uh, airflow and things of that nature. So if we just look at that as an, as an example, and then we, we start moving things a little bit forward with, you know, say tires. And I know everybody rolls their eyes when we talk about tires, but unfortunately we're going to have to talk about tires this season because uh, the tires don't look very good at all. They're actually, they look a lot slower. Uh, they look a lot more complex and that's going to offer another round of round of issues. The floor that say the Mercedes has of Valtteri Bottas, I don't think that's going to be the floor that they're even going to start the Grand Prix on in a few weeks time. There's no way. I just, it's just taking a look at the race car itself on the, on the track now is it, it looks like a handful. It just doesn't look smooth. Uh, it doesn't look like, doesn't look like the Mercedes of last year where, or the years, years prior where it just, it seems effortless for them almost to generate a lap time where you see the car on the track now. And it's kind of like, it's very skittish. It almost looks like Red Bull last year, almost in a way. Right. So that being that, I mean, I'm sure Mercedes will be able to get those little tiny things ironed out, but as for the re as for the engine, I mean, if we go back to last season, you know, they had a lot of reliability issues during, uh, you know, testing uh, in Barcelona uh, before the pandemic hit. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, like, you know, hitting, like, I, I don't know where honestly they would be in terms of reliability because it just wasn't there. Like it just wasn't there at all. And now we're starting to see, well, they've introduced a new gearbox. So you're starting to see that the teams who buy these gearboxes from Mercedes, they're having issues of their own now whether or not they're the exact same well that's a you know question for another time because they haven't released that information but can we assume that it is similar yeah sure why not i mean all of these teams who buy mercedes gearboxes are all having mercedes gearbox issues and clearly there's something going on there right so you can get that sorted out we'll have a little bit more information but also if we take a look at you know the engine for this season you know they're presumably they've upped the horsepower a bit on this engine. Um, how does that reflect, uh, how does that affect reliability? Because once you start playing with those numbers, the chances of, you know, you running into problems with engines, you know, increases because you're trying to increase that performance. You're putting more stress, more strain on the components. Uh, and that's going to cause a lot of problems. So, the packaging on the car itself, if we also look at the other teams who run Mercedes-powered 
uh, power units, like the packaging alone, and by packaging, I mean how the actual um, top fits on top of the back of the race car that we saw, you know, blew off Sergio Perez's uh, Red Bull earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we take a look at that. I mean, it's packaged extremely tight. Like there's not a lot of room in there. And that will lend itself to overheating and more issues with trying to really package these things, making them tighter and smaller. So, I mean, that's what testing's all about. And we can look into, and that's what makes it fun for us to actually kind of sit here and delve into and look into all this information. But uh, yeah, I think it reliability is going to be is going to be a huge talking point. I feel over the next few weeks. Yeah, excellent, and and that's why we we really wanted to talk to you because you can give us that perspective of a of a former driver and and just talk about certain things that uh, maybe us as fans we wouldn't pick up on. And that was a, an excellent summary. Um, so moving a little bit onto that to some of the other teams, maybe some uh, that had some more successful first two days of testing, in particular McLaren and Alpine. Uh, Alpine getting in a ton of laps today with Fernando Alonso at the helm of the car. And also Lando Norris, again, was uh, running in first position for most of the PM session. Daniel Ricciardo once again finishing the AM session on, uh, on in first place. So what are your thoughts on some of those uh, midfield teams of uh, Alpine and, and McLaren kind of getting off to, to winter testing on the right foot? I always say, like, usually you can tell by uh, driver's body language if they're happy or not. I mean, drivers normally wear their hearts on their sleeves, unfortunately. So that's a race <laughs> drivers. Like, yeah. you can't really hide anything, right? So, I mean, taking a look at, uh, you know, Esteban Ocon from, you know, Friday, extremely happy, right? Like that dude looked, he was smiles for days. So that has to tell you something right there that absolutely over the moon, I think, with how the car is actually handling, they haven't really run into any sort of reliability issues. They've done a number of different laps. Uh, that team, they look uh, real strong, real strong. Like I, I was surprised actually, you know, because, you know, re, re, you know, the old Renault car back, you know, last year, the year before, he always had a lot of issues with it. And they never really got some really good testing data. Uh, the drivers never really looked extremely happy. They were kind of like in this limbo of, Hey, is this car really good? Is it not? I can't really extract the performance out of it, Yeah, but it's not really biting me in the butt when I do things with it. So it's it, now it just, you look at the drivers, they seem very happy. What they're saying is the right things. Uh, so the team looks really strong considering they're running this like huge, like air intake on the top of the car, which is extremely weird because you're seeing all these other teams, like I was saying, running these really tight packaged engines and um, their packaging is just not, is just not, it's not concealed. <laughs> it's not like cling wrap to the car. Right. So oh, yeah. um, that, that was, that was interesting for me to see that, but I, you know, digging into that a little deeper, I think that kind of has a lot to do with how the floor of the car works. Because again, like I had mentioned, you know, teams are stripping away down, they have to strip away downforce and the floor is one of those parts. And it seems like the air intake has something to do with funneling a little more air down there to get a little bit more downforce, which is quite interesting because I never really thought anyone would actually try something like that. Um, McLaren, they, Zach Brown, I mean, that guy has really 
turned things around since the the Honda days. Yeah, it really has. They have done such a great job from where they were a few years ago to where they are now. And now they look, wow, they look really strong. I I would say after today, uh, seeing what Lance did and having a look at some of the data from yesterday, I mean, McLaren, for me, they feel like the top of the midfield. They, they look extremely strong with that Mercedes engine. Um, I think, I think they've, uh, I think they're going to be the, the team to beat for the midfield for sure. Uh, very interesting. And, and yeah, they absolutely look very good. And considering some of the issues that they've had in, you know, seasons past of preseason mm -hmm. testing, the fact that it's gone essentially completely smooth without, you know, any, any major issues or anything like that is, uh, is an excellent positive. Now, uh, there's a couple of questions in the chat that I wanted to uh, ask you and, and get your opinion on. But first, I just wanted to do a, a little Canadian update. Of course, uh, Lance Stroll in, in the newly branded Aston Martin. Uh, we're talking about the midfield. And, of course, Aston Martin, a ton of hype behind them with what Lawrence Stroll has been able to brilliantly do with that rebrand. But uh, I think that hype has fallen just a little bit short so far in preseason testing. Uh, you know, day one was a bit quiet for Sebastian Vettel. And, uh, and Lance Stroll, and then obviously they had the gearbox issues this morning. And then, uh, you know, Stroll had a decent session uh, in, in the PM as well, finishing third with a 130.4, putting 71 laps on the board. But uh, what do you think of, of Stroll so far at Aston Martin? And then also Nicholas Latifi at Williams, who finished uh, seventh today with a 131.6 and also 132 laps on the board. What do you think of uh, the Canadian boys on the grid so far? Yeah, let's start with uh, Williams first, for sure, and 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 uh, Nikki, because um, I didn't really expect uh, that team to look as strong as they've looked in preseason testing. I mean, they look like, I mean, it's like <laughs> talking talking to Nicholas just the other day. There, I mean, he was kind of underplaying, like how uh, <laughs> I was like, "So, what are you doing today?" You know, we we're just shooting the breeze, kind of thing, and he was like, "Yeah, just in the simulator and." whatever it didn't really sound like this you know the team had i guess uh gained back too much of an advantage but man looking at that today he was fastest in sector two which are like most of the corners are sector two and yeah. he held he held the the fastest uh sector two uh uh time for most of testing or most of most of today's testing and he that looks good. They look really solid. That car looks incredible. Like it looks so much smoother than say the like last year's car or even the year before that. It, uh, it, it looks like they've uh, definitely made uh, some big gains. I think those uh, gains are coming from maybe, you know, I don't, I don't want to say arrow because it just doesn't uh, where they're fast. It, it kind of seems like they're faster in the, slow to medium slow corners so that kind of tends me to think that they've done a lot of work with dampers suspensions springs anti-roll bar like what i think they've done a lot of work under there i know they've they've spent some tokens and i don't think we know yet where those are and yeah i think i can put my finger on where they are kind of so uh I, Williams looks good and I'm excited to uh, to see how they do this season and, and usually like a driver like Nicholas who I've been following you know since 2013 um, he's uh, he's always he's always fastest 
in his second season of anything he's ever done. He always just he always learns his first season. Yeah. His second season, he's always right there with everyone else. Um, I think after last season, you know, he was thrown in at the deep end for sure. Um, not a lot of time in the race car, and that's a that's a problem. Uh, especially when you're a rookie because in formula one you have so much to learn like i don't think a lot of people really understand just how much information uh, a racing driver in formula one has to has to take in like it's it's a lot and usually you don't really see a lot of success from racing drivers who you know who have that much to learn you don't see um true success until kind of like your third season you know i think for nicholas i think he's gonna have a great season in all honesty uh he looked sharp today he looked really really good and for that that team to get that many uh that much mileage under their belt which you know they're not really used to right like i mean we go back to last season right guys i mean like they they didn't get a lot of mileage. They didn't get a lot of mileage the year before that. I mean, I think the year before that, they didn't even have a race car until the second week of testing. That's right. So <laughs> this team has come a long way. Uh, I'm really excited for them to see where this goes. Um, and I'm really excited for, for Nicholas and George too, because, uh, you know, George is in a, this is a big year for George. This is a big year for George. So <laughs> that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, as for, as for Aston Martin, I mean, I was on the uh, the car launch uh, a few weeks ago, and I'd gotten access to like everything that they had done. I got access to uh, the, the all of the different things that were inside their their vault, so to speak. And they put a lot of money into it, man. Like they invested oh, yeah. heavily, heavily into that uh, into that car launch, and it looked awesome. Um, and the car looks awesome. And I always say that, you know, the car may look awesome, but it may not be fast. So having a look at today, it, Lance did his quickest time on the, on the C5. Um, he looked really good when he was running the, uh, the yellow stripe compound earlier. He had, he had an issue with a, a lapped car. Well, he had an issue with, there was Alonzo pulled off the track and then, I can't remember who was in front of him, but there was another car that was in front of him that held him up and really ruined his lap. But just before that, having a look at entering sector two, like car looked good, looked really good. Yeah. From there though, he pulled into the pits and didn't complete the full lap. So that leads me to believe that he was probably on a lighter fuel load, maybe. And he just didn't get to complete that part of his testing program um but then jumps out on that c5 and yeah i think he I believe he was like third fastest at the end of the day or something like that yep. uh but again you know behind the alpha towery and gasly was on the exact same tire so then we take a look at like fuel loads and things of that nature and we just have no clue and then also the engines as well i mean the engines detuned and they're not running full they're not running full lean right now so it's tough to say where aston martin is are they as quick as mclaren i don't know i don't know it's that's a that's this that's where i'm at with that one because i I still think the pecking order is going to be mercedes red bull and then i think it's going to be like mclaren aston martin alpha towery alpine those that's going to be a fierce 
fierce battle, man. But I mean, it's not a horrible start for them. They've gotten some really good mileage out of the car. That's positive. Uh, they've shown some good speed, which is positive. And now it's just in terms of like development. Are they going to bring more to this car once the season starts? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. So yeah, we'll see where it takes them, but it's a good starting point. Let's just put it there. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent points brought up there. Um, I'm not sure how you are for, for time. I got maybe just uh, one or two more uh, points I wanted to go through. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah I got about 10 know, minutes uh, Whenever sure. uh, you need to, to go, I sure. know you're busy. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so just two last two things for me, uh, I wanted to quickly touch on Ferrari because obviously Ferrari were, uh, you know, really trying to build off of a horrendous season last year, made a lot of improvements to the car, uh, at the rear. Obviously they got the new Ferrari power unit. I'm not sure what you think, but I, for me, they just kind of fell a, a little bit flat so far in the first two days. Just looking at Leclerc's laps uh, earlier on today, he seemed like he was really struggling again with the rear of the car, especially at a turn 15. I saw him really run and ride there a lot, and the car was also sparking uh, a lot uh, out of the exit of 15, which I really didn't see from too many other cars. He eventually finished sixth on the day with 73 laps and the best time of a 130.8. But that's behind uh, customer-teamed Alfa Romeo Antonio Giovinazzi with the 130.7, 125 laps on the board for him. So just quickly on Ferrari, do you think that they're just kind of trying to you know, check all the systems, make sure that they're getting correlation with the data? Or do you think that their upgrades and the changes to the car just really haven't seemed to worked out just yet? I don't think that things have worked out the way Ferrari wants them to have. Yeah, I think... Uh, Carlos Sainz doesn't look comfortable, even though, yes, I understand it's only like what it was a second day in his car today, in the car today. Um, and that's not a lot of time and, and, uh, to, to get comfortable in a Formula one car, I yeah. mean, usually it takes a lot longer than a day. <laughs> it takes many days. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but, but but still, a guy with that that much experience in Formula One, I didn't expect him to look as nervous as I think they you know they did look. So yeah, I I don't think things have really worked out well for Ferrari just yet. Um, that's not saying they're not in the ballpark though, right? I mean, again with the fuel loads, like we don't know, and there's probably more upgrades coming to the car for sure. Um, but as a starting point, I think they they definitely look better than they did last year. Like just from, just from like the visual test, I think they, they do look better. I mean, the car paint, in my opinion, doesn't look any better, but <laughs> oh, man. oh man, that green has got to go green What's going on there. But, oh gosh. Um, as for the, the engine and things, things like that. I mean, if we look at like the customer teams, uh, they look quite, quite strong in the faster uh sections so it looks like the engine has made a bit of an improvement but again we're not really seeing the real engine uh because that'll probably be unleashed uh once we get to the brain grand prix uh but yeah you know ferrari i don't know they just it just doesn't i don't know how does it feel for you guys because it just doesn't look it doesn't look good yeah, no, I, I meant the same comments. And, you know, as we're doing the stream, uh, you know, we're in between like looking on Twitter and, and trying to get some updates. But I was just paying attention to when Leclerc was trying to do some of his uh, more performance runs on, on the softer compounds of tire. And every time they would show him coming out of 15, it would just be like a, a ton of oversteer as soon as he put the power down, car sparking away, just similar to kind of like Hamilton and the Mercedes in the morning where it just doesn't seem happy with the rear of the car. And, you know, just quickly, like looking at the sector times, going back to what you were talking about earlier mm -hmm. with Latifi, 
So Leclerc on his best lap uh, in Sector 2 was a 49.5 versus mm -hmm. Latifi's best lap on a Sector 2, which was a 48.0. So, you know, you even see Williams there making some gains on Ferrari in the middle sector there. So, yeah, it just doesn't seem like they're they're very happy with the car versus, you know, the likes of Alpine or McLaren, for example. Yeah, and I think it all just going to come down to, you know, working this car out, trying to find its uh, sweet spots. You know, it was kind of like, um, reminds me a little bit of last year's Red Bull, where it was, it was a race car that looked extremely difficult to drive, but it, once you kind of got it tuned into that sweet spot, you were able to extract the lap time like Verstappen and uh, Albon could do. And similar with this Ferrari, I think it's, I got a feeling it's going to be something similar where it's like, you know, once they kind of nail those, those setups, they'll be, they'll be quick. Now, are they going to be like Red Bull Mercedes quick? I, I highly doubt it. I don't, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to get close uh, to either of those teams, but you know, can they be high up in the midfield? Can they battle for third? Can they battle for fourth? Yeah, absolutely, for sure, for sure. I think anything on top of that is 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 just gravy. I mean, only because of like where they're coming from. The last season was such a disaster, and like looking at this season, I mean, if they can, they will improve for sure, one hundred percent. Yeah. Kind of like how much how much how much gains can they make, or did they make in the off season? Yeah, it should be interesting to find out for sure. Uh, the final one for me would be uh, just last two things quickly. Uh, just maybe quickly touch on the the rookies on the Formula One gig. Mick Schumacher was in the car during this PM session. Also, uh, Yuki Sonoda and then uh, Nikita Mazepin as well. And then just finally to wrap everything up, uh, what are some things that fans should be looking out for on the final day of testing? And what do you uh, kind of have your eye out on for as we wrap up testing tomorrow on Sunday? Yeah, for the, the rookies, uh, Yuki Sonoda looks awesome. That guy looks really good. Uh, very impressed with, uh, with him. He, I, I've, you know, I always heard that he was really, really quick. Um, but you know, being quick in Formula 2 and then translating that into F1 are two totally different things. Uh, and a big part of that, again, you know, tires. And then also how fast the race cars are, how how late they can break, how much downforce they have, and how much confidence you uh, you need to build up to really extract a lap time. As for Sonoda, he looks so smooth. Like I, I was uh, very impressed by watching him, and uh, I'm really excited to see him race uh, this season because I think he's going to be um, one of the more impressive rookies we've seen in F1 in a while, for sure. I think uh, Mick Schumacher... And, uh, and Nikita, I mean, yeah, they're in a tough spot in all honesty, you know, Haas has came out and even said publicly that, you know, they're really not going to upgrade this car much as this, this season kind of rolls along and they're going to take that investment and they're going to put it towards their, uh, 2022 car, which is smart for yeah. sure, especially for a team like Haas, right? That's a smart move. Um, but for a driver like, like Mick, that's a tough situation to be put in when you were a rookie because the car itself coming off of last season was already difficult to drive and it took you know two drivers like Grosjean and and um, Magnuson to really extract the performance out of it who are two very skilled and experienced racing drivers uh, so he's I, I think both of those drivers are 
are in a bit of a tough spot. I think um, I think if the balance of the race car is is okay, I think that will lend itself and lend itself to Mick having a smoother start to the season. I mean, I think I have a feeling that they're just going to go backwards from wherever they're going to start uh, because everyone else will just keep progressing and moving the cars forward in terms of development where if they're not really going to develop, then they're, they're just going to go backwards. It's just how right. it works. Um, so for a driver like Mick, I think if the, the balance of the race car is, 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 is comfortable, then I think, you know, he'll, he'll get through the season. Okay. Uh, because he, again, is like another one of those racing drivers where, you know, the first season is all about that learning where, and then the second season, it's kind of like, that's where you start to extract more performance from yourself and you learn how to extract more performance from the race car. Yep. And uh, maybe just quick final thoughts, what uh, fans should be looking out for on the final day of testing. I, yeah, I mean, always again with like the, the fuel loads and, and uh, things like that. I mean, the long runs are, if, if you can get your hands on the live timing and scoring and you can see the, you know, the longer runs and see where everybody is at with those long runs. I think that's going to be really important. And that's going to tell us, that's going to tell us a lot. Uh, I really do. Because a lot of the teams, they save their, they save their like push laps and things like that until, you know, the end of the day where yeah. the track is at its premium, the sun has gone down. So the temperatures are really nice. And the track is in that really good window to extract pure performance from the race car. So those are the two things I would look at. I mean, most of the long runs, they kind of get done during the, you know, the middle of the middle of the day, middle of the afternoon. And then once you get to the kind of late evening, that's where you start to see a little bit more performance being extracted from the race cars. But again, don't read too, too much into it. I mean, it's, it, we're, you're not going to know where everyone truly sits until we get to qualifying for the brain Grand Prix. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, that's the, the best way to put it. Um, you know, crazy that we're already here on the, onto the final day of testing, yeah. but this is it with the, the shortened season that we have and yeah, just um, three days, right? Like yeah. we get, man, <laughs> I, it's weird. Like I was hoping for, and I'm sure the drivers were hoping for more too, right? I mean, three days just doesn't, uh, it doesn't feel like enough. Yeah. Especially with the huge change that we had in the grid too. <laughs> Big time. Right. And yeah. I mean, and I mean, if you're inexperienced, like a, a rookie or something, three days is well, they're not even getting a full three days. I mean, they're getting like a full day and if maybe a little tiny bit more than that. And that's yeah. just, I don't know, if you're a rookie, that's not enough. That's just no. not enough. Well, if you're somebody like Williams, for example, you you just get one day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, right? Like for Nicholas, you're just getting, uh, and George, you know, just getting one day in the race car, uh, it, that's just not enough. It It's going to take, it's going to take things, it's going to take those teams to really learn the cars. It's going to take like a couple of weeks now and it's going to, you know, development's going to be a little bit slower. And then, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, you don't really know where your reliability actually truly kind of is. And so I think for the teams that are getting those longer, longer runs in, I mean, that's really a positive, that's a really positive sign. So today for like, uh, you know, Williams, for instance, what is it? What, 132 or something they put in, yep. I think it was. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really good for them. That's really, really good. So, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't, just doesn't feel like enough, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. But we won't have to wait uh, too long for the first race of the season. It's about uh, a little bit less than two weeks away. 
so it'll be right on our doorstep. But Tim, I think that was a very good and comprehensive breakdown of uh, the entire day's worth uh, of testing and all the, the information and the data in every single team. So uh, we really appreciate your time. I know uh, you got to run because you got your uh, own work to do with uh, testing. Maybe let uh, the viewers know where they can find your work and uh, your social media channels as well. Yeah, uh, so at, at Tim Haraney on both uh, Twitter and Instagram, last name is spelled H-A-U-R-A-N-E-Y. It's a tough one. Trust me, <laughs> it's, it is a tough one. So, uh, yeah, everyone can catch most of my work there. And the uh, podcast is TSN Racing Pod. You can get it anywhere uh, you get your podcast. But I uh, just want to say thanks very much, guys, for, for having me on. Really appreciate it. I uh, love what you do with the show. Uh, I watched a lot of your uh, live I watched a lot of your live feed for YouTube and I was like, good for them. That's a long time to talk with not a lot of information. So way to go. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I wouldn't do it, but good for you for doing it. Trust me. That, that's impressive, man. You guys, you guys, you guys are rocking it and keep yep. doing your thing. We appreciate uh, because... that. Yeah. It helps to have uh, a nice uh, fan base as well. That keeps the conversation going. And then of course, uh, bringing on great, uh, knowledgeable guests like yourself just uh, puts a nice bow on the day's event. So uh, thank you again and uh, enjoy the rest of testing. Enjoy the, the start of the season. And uh, I'm sure we'll uh, connect again soon uh, during the 2021 season. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. And thanks again, guys. I really appreciate sure. it. Have a good one, Tim. Yeah. See you guys. Thanks again. Bye. See you, Tim. Thanks. All right. Well, that was a good one. Yeah, I mean, look at all the information that we gained in that 30 minutes of him just being here. That's it. I'm done. That's uh, that, that's the thing with Tim. You just have to, like, you know, give him a little softball pitch and uh, he'll he'll hit it out of the park and yeah. cover everything for you. So Yeah, absolutely. Like, just, just you know, the third, you know, the hour of us talking that 30 minutes of Tim, just, just the information that we got from day two of testing is just unreal, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll do it for us as well. I will be clipping that uh, post wrap up show with Tim uh, separately, and and hopefully I'll have that up within the next couple of hours. Just have to uh, edit that a little bit together, and then that can be up. A reminder, guys, to whoever's still uh, watching on the stream to enter our giveaway contest. You can enter the contest by commenting on the bottom of this video your top three drivers championship predictions. You can also do it in tomorrow's live stream video, uh, which will give. Um, uh, you an extra entry into the giveaway. You'll probably maybe need to wait 10 or 15 minutes for the video just to process. And then the comment section will be available. So comment your top three drivers championship picks and uh, you'll be entered in for our giveaway tomorrow. We are back live. Uh, we're going to be live at nine o'clock Eastern time zone for the final day of winter testing on the Backmarkers F1 show channel going all the way until 12 PM. Shaker, are you uh, joining us then for tomorrow? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm available tomorrow. So I'll be here. Okay, what time uh, would you like to come on? Uh, probably same time. I'll probably come on around 10 again. Okay, excellent. So you can expect Shaker then at 10 a.m. And then uh, I'll be solo then for the first hour. And then it'll be the two of us to bring us home for the final two hours and then uh, wrap up this 2021 testing day. Final thoughts then, Shaker, on uh, for day two? Uh, well, I mean, I just want to say, you know, it's the first time I've been in part of the live one, so it's great to have uh, viewers uh, tuning in. I've been doing, as you know, I've been doing a lot of Twitch streaming, so I really like this whole, uh, having this whole chat bar and having people to communicate with. Um, but yes, Rob, that was 30 minutes. Like I said, man, the <laughs> amount of information we got was so much, but it was so detailed and so good. You didn't realize it was 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it went by fast. Um, and it's just with the whole three hours too. Like, you know, you guys, yeah, uh, with the sure. comments and everything, it's great. 
Um, and, and yeah, the Shaker does have a, a Twitch channel that he started recently. So maybe just uh, drop your uh, channel uh, link in the chat yeah, room I below mean, and people can check it out. I don't do as much racing stuff. Uh, it's a lot more, uh, you know, battle royales like Warzone and I'm going to be getting into new game. But yeah, follow me at Caustic Suburban. A-U-S-T-I-C Suburban. And you can follow me on Twitch, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I'm on all those. I'm trying to be more active on them. But yes, feel free to follow me. I'm going to hopefully get into some racing games as well. Racing sims. So. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. All right. Well, that will do it then for us then for uh, the day two of the stream. Very much enjoyed uh, a long but also very quick <laughs> four hours of streaming with you guys. Thank you, everybody, in the comments for uh, the support. A uh, few of you that sent the super chats, we very much appreciate that support. Um, yeah. You can find uh, all the discount codes, uh, links in the description of this video below to our sponsor, the GP Box. If you guys would look to get some uh, uh, more F1 merchandise there. Uh, Rob, the stream tomorrow starts at 9 o'clock Eastern time, so make sure to tune in there. You can find all that info on the homepage of our channel and also set some reminders there as well. If you're new to the channel, consider giving us a subscribe. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you all tomorrow again for the stream. But until then... It's bye for now. Have yourselves a great day, and we'll be back for day three. Yeah, thanks, guys.